Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Coming to Bard's Logic, Political Talk, part of the Growing Conservative Conversation, and part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we are going to talk about the uh, untimely demise of Antonin Scalia, the Supreme Court Justice. Uh, while some would think that uh, he just died of natural causes, Without an autopsy, it's my understanding, as far as we know, we won't know. But there has been speculation that perhaps it was murder. And because of the timing of it, I would have to say that uh, those suspicions can be uh, founded. It uh, wouldn't surprise me any. Uh, we've got an audio clip or uh, later we'll play. And also we're going to get your take on what you think, uh, what uh, happened there in Texas. Uh, with uh, Scalia, and let me know if you think that it was a natural causes, a heart attack, as uh, some are saying, or was foul play involved. Uh, we'll also hear a, an audio uh, with Donald Trump on the Michael Savage show. Uh, we'll have that uh, tonight, as well as discussion of the past debate. While we do not have any audio uh, from the debate uh, this past Saturday, uh, we will be talking about it. I'm sure you folks have seen uh, and a lot of the vitriol that's going on out there. And I think that uh, the Republicans are going to be ripping themselves apart. And so they better be careful uh, because they may be helping the Democrats make their commercials for the general election. And we'll definitely talk about that as well. And so if you want to join in with us tonight, give us a call at 347 345-7428. I already see some folks on the line, so when you want to come in, uh, give us a call or push the one on your number dial. And I know a lot of folks uh, at this point are probably still watching the GOP town hall meeting, uh, but that will be over in about a half an hour, so hopefully people will be taking themselves away from that. Uh, I did hear from Ben Carson, and I was able to watch a little bit of it, and, of course, I was impressed uh, with him, of course. And it's just a shame that the media hasn't given him his due as well as, um, you know, on the debate. I remember uh, the debate before, I believe, New Hampshire, even though uh, he was in a higher place, they gave him only six minutes uh, of airtime during the debate uh, when they gave other candidates, such as Jeb Bush, six, who was actually not even as high up in the polls. Uh, So there's definitely some bias there. 
um, to that. And so we will be discussing that uh, this evening. And another thing uh, before we bring Cindy on the line is that this is an action. This very well may be, uh, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to mince words here tonight, is this very well may be, in my opinion, one of the most important shows that I do, <gasps> at least lately. And maybe even since 2012, people might be like, what? Oh, my gosh, what are you talking about? What's going on right now, we have to get a hold of our senators. You have to call them. You have to get them. You have to tell them. You have to stop all of these nominations. The Republicans are saying that they're going to do that, but we've seen them get weak before. We've seen them give in before, but we cannot. If, if, if Obama gets, okay, his nomination through before the election, that is going to tip the scales of the Supreme Court for decades to come. He already has uh, a lady that is his first pick, okay, and, you know, she's a black African-American woman. You know, that was redundant, but he's using political maneuvering because he's using that because of the Republicans stop it. Oh, look, the Republicans don't want a woman in there. They don't want a black in there, which is the truth. We, we have other ones in there. But they're going to try to use that as a campaign strategy for this uh, this election. However, the Republicans cannot fall into that trap. They have to. So call your senator. Tell them, look, you vote for this nominee, and we will vote you out. We've got to be serious about this, folks. We've got to be serious. We cannot let – this is Obama's legacy. Realize this. This is Obama's legacy. This is where Obama fundamentally changes the United States as he is saying he's been wanting to do since the very first time he ran. This is going to be his opportunity. He's, he's already gotten a lot of what he's want, Republicans. Okay, Obamacare is in there. Now he wants to have the state justice. That's why I think it would not surprise me. Would not surprise me if something fishy is going on. And as soon as I seen that the death of Scalia, I I I knew something was up. I know it. I'm telling you. I don't. There's no proof yet. And frankly, there may not ever be. But I'm telling you, the man. I I deeply believe in my gut. The man was assassinated. But let's go ahead and hear from the callers. The uh, chimed in. I see there's a number of them. When you want to get in, push the one on your number dial. And if you're not dialing into this phone. I do have a link here on Blog Talk Radio, and later it will also be on the website, www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. I will be putting the link on the website on the Newsmax and Get Involved page. Uh, you will see a link there to contact your senator, give him or her a call, tell them you're not going to, you know, you're not going to stand for them to, you know, go ahead and push through or help through a nominee of the Supreme Court. You know, first is this lady, and one of his other picks was this guy named Shree something or other. But the man wasn't even born in the United States. Wasn't even born. He was born in India. He was supposedly or whatever raised in America. But so what? He was not even born here. What's going to happen? He's going to start having first men have presidents who aren't even been born here, like Obama himself. I still believe that. Possibly, you know, Ted Cruz, or, or you know, then now we've got a possible Supreme Court. And this is really in, in queue with what we were talking about last week. So, folks, if you missed last week's show, 
So definitely check that out because it's a, a, and running what we're talking about, about what's going on with the United States and how they're getting away with this. But first, I'm going to do this in order of the people who wanted to chime in. And the first person to push that one on the number dial was Cindy. And I've, I've got a lot of behind-the-scenes work I'm doing here as well, uh, based on Facebook and with the website. But let's go ahead and my phone. Now I'm going to text as well. And so let's go ahead and bring in Cindy. Cindy, thank you very much for calling to the show. How are you tonight? Well, I'm doing just fine. Um well, I, I, I am fired up. Say, I tell you what, I am so I, fired I, up. You go sound ahead. Like, you sound like it. I'm like, whoa, go Robert. <laughs> you sound like me. This is so, you know what, we hear all the time, you know, from, uh, oh gosh, what's his face? Uh, one of the talk news guys, uh, Sean Hannity, we've heard for how many election cycles, this is the most important election of our lifetime. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he might well, be right this time. Yeah, I Go think ahead. probably Sorry. this is our last. I think this is probably our last chance. Uh, if we have another eight years of a progressive uh, in in the White House, uh, able to uh, replace all these Supreme Court justices that are going to, you know, move along in the next, you know, few years, uh, there won't be any coming back from what they do to our Constitution. It's already to the point where I'm just not sure we can get back. Um, I suppose if we got somebody outside the Beltway that really ha- is an ideologic um, president and, and really wants to change this world, uh, this nation, first of all, let me tell you, if he is that way, he better have really good bodyguards because every president we've ever had that tried to affect change here in the United States, big change, uh, true honest change, and bring us towards conservatism has been assassinated or attempted assassination on them. So good luck to the guy if he really does, like good luck to Trump if he he gets elected. You know, I I suppose he has good bodyguards, but if he's relying on the the United States... um, uh, What's the pre- the presidential body? What do you call him again? Oh, Secret you know. Service. Uh huh. Oh, I thought That's you said cool. if he's relying on Secret Service. Yeah, the Secret Service. If, if he if he's depending on our Secret Service, I might remind him to um, go look at some some uh, documentaries on the the assassination of John F. Kennedy. So anyway, any let me get back to my original comment. Um, I it, let me just say. Uh, on Galea situation. If he was murdered, there probably will never, ever be anything become of it. It will be hidden. It will be um, squelched. No no one's ever going to have proof one way or the other. Um, Now, I guess you're going to read an article here pretty soon, um, but I just wanted to point out a couple things in this one article. And I have to say also this. I have not done the research myself. I'm going off of what, you know, other people reported, okay? for At this moment, I can only do that because I don't live in Texas. I don't know anybody from the uh, coroner's office there. I don't know anybody from the police. So I'm just going by what, um, you know, Washington Post and, uh, other people have reported, 
first of all, you have a Supreme Court justice who died. This is from an article in John Rappaport's blog. Okay, you got a um, you got a Supreme Court justice that died. No physician there to say one way or the other how he died. You have a U a U.S. marshal who has um, just you know he has no. He's not been homicide trained, okay? And he tells the Justice of the Peace over the phone, no foul play has, there's no no foul play here. Okay, the, the Justice of the Peace pronounces the death not on the scene, but over the phone. Um, no medical training um, for the Justice of the Peace to say whether he died of a heart attack or not. He could have died of anything. There is no person, no person was anywhere around that knows, at least <laughs> that we know of. Um, no postmortem has been done. There's been no autopsy. Um, they probably won't have an autopsy. Um, there's been no one say, that they check the body for needle needle marks. What if something was injected into him that would stimulate a heart attack? Um, mm-hmm. You know, or or it could have been anything at this point because we don't know why his heart stopped. It just stopped. <laughs> you know, and you've got um, um, you know other questions. They, they, this guy asked, well, did the U.S. Marshal smell his breath for any unusual odor that might suggest po- poisoning? Um, you know, we, we don't, was there any hemorrhaging in his eyes? Suffocation? I mean, he, he was found with a pillow over his head. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. My husband sleeps with a pillow over his face a lot. Light out and noises out and everything. Um, but these sorts of things need to be checked for. You need to know why the guy died. This is a Supreme Court justice. This isn't right. grandma. This isn't my grandma laying there who doesn't know anybody and nobody knows her, and she's not important really to the running of my country. <laughs> you know, this is mm-hmm. a Supreme Court justice, and not only that, he's a very important Supreme Court justice. Um. So anyway. Our Congress, our um, <clears throat> our Senate, and well, I guess it's the House, right? That approves. Is it the House or the Senate that approves? The Senate. Um, the Senate. Okay, okay that's the Senate. So the Senate's got to approve whoever uh, he, you know, tries to appoint. Now, Mitch McConnell has come along and said um, that he thinks that the next president should be the one to appoint this Supreme Court justice. So you would think, on the surface that McConnell has come down on our side and that he's going to block anything that comes down from Barack Obama, okay? Um, But just as he has taken a hard stand on health care, then he's going to probably get about the same stand on this issue, and he will cave just like he always does. But everyone will think that he had decayed because, you know, Mitch McConnell did want to keep, he did want to, you know, keep them from getting that nomination. 
Um, but uh, he just couldn't do it. He couldn't come up with it. He, he couldn't have Barack Obama saying that the Republicans were obstructionists, you know. He just can't say that. Well, so this anyway, time they've got to be obstructionists. I don't give a damn what kind of uh, name that they get called. They need to grow a pair and, and, and you know, both men and women and say, look, we're going to be obstructionists this time. We don't give a damn what you say about us. Go ahead. That's exactly right. And, see, that's the reason that Trump is where he is in the polls right now, because people are tired of these mamby-pamby Republicans who either don't want to be called obstructionists or they're part and party to the whole thing, and they're allowing it to mm-hmm. happen because they want it to happen. So that's the only two choices, basically, because uh, you know they can't be that inept. You know they can't be that incompetent, that they don't know how to, to, to wage a fight like that. The fight has been shown. I mean, the pattern for what they need to do has already been laid out for them by Newt Gingrich, and and if they can't, it, it, and if they don't use his pattern, it's not because they don't know how. It's not because they're too incompetent. It's because they don't want to. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this That's is a, this, yeah. no law enforcement investigation. Has been launched. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, it's a. Yeah, I mean, it's a Supreme Court justice. Uh, a Supreme Court justice dies, and you know what kind of. Uh, you know, no investigation. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, here's how we're going to do it, folks. We do see the others on the line. Uh, we're going to get Kelly in for some quick thoughts, and then I'm going to uh, play an audio. Uh, for you, and then we'll set that up for you, Susan, uh, to make comment on, and the rest of us. And for those who want to chime in, uh, just uh, push the one on your number dial or call 347-945-7428, and we'll get you as well. So let's go ahead and open up uh, the door here for Kelly. Then we'll play that audio I was telling you about. And then also, folks, as I said earlier, you can go to the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Go to the website. Go to the live Newsmax TV, where there is some uh, cute, not cute, but some video you can there. It's pretty neat, I should say. But also underneath there, uh, where it says links from our previous show, uh, you'll see uh, a little button there where it says contact your senator and stop Obama's SCOTUS nominees. Uh, you could go click that, and that will take you to a website that will give you the contact information to all the senators. It'll give you an email address and their DC phone number. So use that to access to get a hold of your senator. Very important. So let's go ahead and bring it over uh, to you, Kelly. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing doing good. Northern California here. We got the Pineapple Express. It's raining so hard. We even had lightning. It's kind of bizarre. But um, yeah, quick comments. I'm gonna have some background noise. So I'm gonna make this quick. Um, yeah, the Senate confirms the uh, appointment of a justice. Um, Scalia is gonna so miss. Oh my gosh, I have so many good things to say about him and several court cases I've looked at, but um, this the Republicans are going to say, um, oh, we're, we're going to block it. And, oh, well, I hope they can. I hope they, I mean, yes, constitutionally they can. They can say, no, we ain't going to do this. Um, but there's going to be political backlash, and um, if Obama appoints Eric Holder, you know, a black gentleman, um, and the uh, Senate won't confirm it, um, Obama's going to pull out the, the, the race card again, race, race, race. Oh, certainly. Yeah, it's because he's a black man. No, because he doesn't like the Constitution. 
my prediction is the Republicans are probably going to cave. That's my prediction. Uh, um, they just don't have any cohesion. Yeah, I kind so of agree with that. They don't, yeah. yeah. They did get a statement about out. SCOTUS. Yeah, we'll have to get back to this because um, the background noise is going to appear soon. But the president has control over the attorney general, um, and that will I'll talk about Scalia's death later. Um, but also appointing Supreme Court justices, and, and I really like what Robert said. My two California senators, well, it doesn't matter if I call them a million times, they're not going to listen. But in other states, yeah. So that's kind of about it for now. I mean, you know, if, if the uh, Republicans stand in solidarity, they'll be able to they'll be able to block it. There's already one Republican. I can't remember his name. Was an article I was reading last night um, that you know was already talking about you know, caving in and, you know, and doing the votes and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, and I, we'll find out who uh, that character is. But, you know, and if he indeed does it, look, folks, you need to vote him the hell out. Seriously. I mean, how many times have we said, oh, if they do this, vote him out. Oh, but damn it, freaking do it. You know, it just let's just quit and all talk and do it. And, you know, if anyone's running against these guys, you know, vote for him. Get these frickers out of there. Sorry, folks. I'm so worked up right now. So I've been worked up all week ever since I've seen this happen. I, mean, I thought my jaw was going to hit the floor when i seen this. I'm like, something's up. Come on, folks. If you cannot see this for what this is, you're blind as a bat. Come on. We've got to freaking do something. Or as Cindy pointed out earlier, this very well may be our last chance. Seriously. You know, normally I'm all calm and everything, but I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. But anyway, go ahead, Kelly. Sorry about that. Well, I'm done for now. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and uh, and we'll get we have Susan be the first one to uh, comment on this. And this was uh, Donald Trump uh, on Michael Savage uh, show earlier this week. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand up. Please rise. The next president of the United States of America joins us to talk about the deceitful Republican National Committee and the imbalanced Ted Cruz. Donald Trump, welcome to the Savage Nation. This is quite a dust-up. It's, it's amazing to see what's going on here. It's amazing, actually, Michael. I've, you know, I've always uh, dealt with people that I've had some real bad ones in my life, but I've, I haven't seen people like this that would <laughs> lie to this extent. And then you also see the way that room was set up the other night where Everybody in the room, and I heard I won the debate. Everybody tells me I won, but you know the room was such a setup; it was ridiculous. All the every, t- every time you said a word, you got booed. What were they all Cruz supporters? They were no, they were mostly not actually for Cruz. They were mostly for Bush. You know, he has 148 million. That's all he has. He's got the 148 million, but nothing going. And they were. Well, I, I watched you and Bush, and you know, I got to tell you something. This guy is so weak, it was embarrassing to see him up there. He looked like he was going to break into tears. And the best retort of the night, Donald, was when he said, my mother's the strongest woman I ever met. You said, then she ought to run. I agree with you. Barbara Bush should be running, not him. It's, it's a crazy thing. It, look, he's not, a, he's not a good candidate, but, you know, because of the connections, he has $140 million. Most of it's been wasted. So let's see where he goes after this. So what's what, Donald? I need to come back to the topic we've been all screaming about here, which is Scalia. Was he murdered? I know it's pretty brutal to say that, and I'm not I'm not wanting to drag you into this, but this is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. 
I went on the air and said we need a, the equivalent of a Warren Commission. We need an immediate autopsy before the body is disposed of. What do you think of that? Well, I just heard today, and just a little while ago, actually, you know, I, I just landed, and I'm hearing it's a big topic, that's, uh, the question, and it's a horrible topic, but they say they found the pillow on his face, which is a pretty unusual place to find a pillow. Uh, I, I can't tell you what, uh, I can't give you an answer. You know, usually I like to give you answers, but I literally just heard it a little while ago. It's just starting to come out now, as you know, Michael. All right. Well, I've been covering it for an hour and a half. There's a lot more to it than that. There was no medical examiner present. There was no one who declared the death that was there. It was done by telephone from a, a, a U.S. Marshal appointed by, by Obama himself. So let me not try to drag you into something you haven't studied, because I don't think it would be fair to you and to the audience. I, I think after you look into these facts, Donald, you yourself will have to come to some different conclusions than, than, you, than you may think. But let's go into the lies of Senator. I'm reading your headline. Donald J. Trump responds to the lies of Senator Cruz and warns of legal action. Please tell the audience what that's about. Well, everything that I've never seen a guy like this, he'll take something. For instance, you know, because you've covered me a long time, that I'm very strong on guns and, and Second Amendment, right? And yes. he'll say, Donald Trump does not believe in the Second Amendment. Uh, I'm pro-life. They'll say, Donald Trump isn't pro-life. I'm, you know, Common Core. You've got to end it. We want to end Common Core, bring education to local. He'll say, Donald Trump likes Common Core. I've never seen anything like it where somebody will just take whatever he wants to say whatever the voters maybe don't like, and just say that's what he likes. Now, at the end of, and don't forget, he did this with Carson, with Ben Carson. He said, Ben Carson has left the race. Everybody vote for me. And they dragged people into the voting halls, and thousands of votes went to him, in the opinion of many. So, I mean, and then he voted, he did a voter violation form, which is like a fraudulent document. I've never seen a guy who cheats like this. It's unbelievable. And what he says is, you know, he just make things up. He'll take a topic, Michael, and just say you're the opposite. But you know, like like on guns and Second Amendment, I've been very strong on Second Amendment, and I have my I have my whole policy out there. Everybody knows it, and they certainly hear it with the speeches. And he'll say, oh, he doesn't believe in the Second Amendment, you know. So. Uh, I have never seen, so I figured I'd better have a news conference because I don't want him to do what he did to Carson. He apologized after the election to Carson. That doesn't help. Donald, look, you come from a very tough background as a contractor in New York City, which anyone in the building trades will know is the toughest place on earth to get anything done. You build these amazing skyscrapers. You redevelop railroad yards over a 30-year period. So you've dealt with some really tough hombres over your life. Have you ever seen anything as dirty as politics in your entire life? No, politics is dirty. Cruz is a liar, and I've dealt with liars before, but this one's about the worst I've dealt with. Uh, and, you know, he holds up the Bible, Michael, and says, like, you know, he's this great Christian, but, uh, you know, great Christians don't lie. And he, uh, you know, I, I'm, I've been very surprised by it, because I've met some very bad dudes over my life. You understand that. I've met them about as bad as they come. But in terms of, and I've been a lot tougher than him, much tougher, like like day and night. But in terms of the lies, I, I've never seen anybody that can lie like him. So where do you go from here? You have a debate again. You let the, the, the liberal media setting up Republican candidates against each other to make you look bad. Mm -hmm. They're dragging you into fighting with each other, and Hillary gets away with it all. What happens next, Donald? Why don't these debates come to an end already? Well, we had a debate. I, I, supposedly, I came out very well in the debate. You know, Drudge and Time Magazine, they do these polls, and I won all the polls. And 
did well. But, you know, it's interesting because the questions that were asked were very provocative questions, and it made uh, the other people go a little bit crazy. And I don't see those questions being asked of the Democrats. In fact, the Democrat debates are so boring, I mean, they're not even watchable. But what about, you know, the death of Scalia? You actually commented on it during the debate. It was the first question. You certainly don't think that Hussein Obama should have the right to do an interim appointment, do you? No, I actually commented that we're going to have to make sure the Senate and Mitch McConnell holds it up. You know, we've been very disappointed in the job they do, but they have to hold it up. And I've been very strong on that. And, I'm, you know, I would appoint very, very, I actually named two judges, you know, Diane Sykes, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I named two judges that would be good, very conservative judges. And as an example, Cruz went out and said, I'm going to appoint liberal judges. I'm the only one that named judges. I mean, I will appoint conservative. But he said, Trump is going to name liberal judges. Now, how do you find, yeah, you, you know, it's... Well, you, you named William Bill Pryor Jr. and Diane Sykes. You are, you are on record for saying those are the kinds of judges who you would appoint to the Supreme Court. So how could he say you would appoint a liberal to the Supreme Court? Where does that come from? Is it? Michael, he just says it. He said, Donald Trump's going to appoint a liberal. Okay, now everyone says, oh, but we don't want that. I mean, the guy really is bad. I haven't seen anything quite like this. He said, I'm going to put, I'm the only one in the debate that talked about two people. Now, it doesn't have to be them, but they're two good examples of people you can support and, and appoint. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I heard that my news conference was well covered, and we'll get the word out. Well, I appreciate you being on the Savage Nation. Look, this is a very serious time in american history it got much worse over the weekend donald we, we had a razor thin savior of the conservative or shall i say traditional ways in america antonin scalia who was found dead under suspicious circumstances and now this character in the white house who nobody with a rational mind should trust is trying to railroad loretta lynch down our throats that came out today as his number one choice can you believe this Oh, it's a Loretta Lynch. Wow, that's his number one choice. Is that did that actually come out today? Huh? That's being floated around, and of course, she was handpicked by by Al Sharpton, Donald. Can you believe that? Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so that's where they are. Well, look, I, look, I'm not asking you to make me a Supreme Court justice when you become president. Don't get me wrong, but somebody's got to stop it and say, don't do this until there's a new a new uh, a new president, whoever it may be, and I hope it's you. The Senate should be able, with a majority, they should be able to do it very easily. It's not that long a period, and they should be able to do it. But you know they've been letting us down all year long, and they've been letting us down for years. So we'll see what happens. But Mitch McConnell, you know that just five, six days before Scalia was found dead with a pillow over his face, he was the lead voice against Obama's attempts to railroad that green gangsterism down our throats. He, he knocked it out. He was the one who did it. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, it's very, again, look, I, I'm in talk radio. You're running for the presidency. It's two different worlds in some ways. And I don't want to drag you into my world because it's quite a different world, by the way, than the one you're in right now. So before you get to the, elect, uh, the, the primary, which is what, Monday, is Saturday? When is the primary in South Carolina? Saturday in South Carolina, Saturday. The voting day is Saturday. 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 So that's another big day in America that we're all going to be watching what do the polls show right now? Well, it shows that I have a lead in the polls, but you never know what happens, and I just hope everybody gets out and votes. You know, it's called Make America Great Again. I hope everybody gets out and votes, but uh, I right now have a lead in the poll. Who knows what it is, uh, but we'll see. We're going to know on Saturday night, Michael. You'll be watching. Yes, I will be. Donald Trump, good luck, and thank you for uh, being kind enough to come on to the Savage Nation. 
Absolutely. Thank you very much, Michael. I'll see you soon. Okay, folks, uh, and we're going to bring in Susan uh, for that. I appreciate uh, listening to uh, all of that. I used to love, listen to Michael Savage all the time. I don't even know what station he's on. I think I stopped uh, listening it uh, when I stopped listening to a so-called uh, alternative conservative radio show here in, in my area. Uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and bring in uh, Susan. Thank you very much, Susan, uh, for coming to the show. How are you? I'm opening uh, the people's mics. He's been on the show already. Uh, but, uh, Susan, go ahead. Hi, how are you? Well, uh, I, I'll tell I you what, I'm, I'm fired up all week. I shouldn't probably even ask you because I, I heard you. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell how Robert is? <laughs> oh, I can't. I, I thought he was just all mellow tonight. <laughs> um, well, um, about Michael Savage, well, yeah, he he's soaking the fires on the, um, obviously, on uh, the judge. Um, but apparently Poindexter, a Texas millionaire businessman, got an award from Obama for his Vietnam military service. And there's photographs of him shaking hands with the Democrat Party donor who owns that ranch resort. And um, that in itself seems a little suspicious to me. Uh, the pillow over the face. Well, you know, I mean, come on. We know that Breitbart... They always go, oh, he's got a heart problem, or he's this, or he's that. Somebody's this or that. And if they can't do it that way, you know, then they do something like they did with, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, not uh, a height and tower. Two days apart, the planes went down. They have plane accidents. You know, look at John Jr. Um, there's always some way, a car accident, something. They find a way. There's a lot of people who are murdered unless they just shoot them like they did the guy in Oregon. So, uh, But they can't yeah. get away with that. So they, you know, um, and the judge initially determined there shouldn't be an autopsy, then changed your mind when it said he had a history of heart trouble. Hmm, how interesting. Um, so... Um, I, I I'm absolutely positive he was he was he was murdered. There's even a doubt in my mind as for uh, the pointing a judge uh, in during this time. Um, I got that. I told you, Robert. I got that email from Terry Reed. Yes, yes, I know. If you're not getting emails from Democrats, you aren't doing your job. <laughs> I, I contact them too, and. Uh, Apparently, they think I should stand with them. Why, I don't know. Um, they thank me. Stand with me. Thank you. And I'm just like, where are you getting this dribble from? I call and, and trash you all the time. But um, I I called him back and reminded him about Chuck Schumer's little speech in 2007 where they wouldn't allow a judge to be, you know, with Bush and that. I said, that's kind of hypocritical. And I said, I am not going to encourage Mitch McConnell to go along with you guys instead of playing those games you're accusing him of because, in my opinion, he doesn't ever do anything right hardly anyhow. So why would I stand against him on one time when he might do something right? Are you crazy? You know, I said, I'm an independent. That's what I told the Reed Staffer. I said, so this Republican-Democrat game is not going to affect me. This is how I feel 
as an independent that this should be done. And I said, Chuck Schumer was hypocritical, and you're being hypocritical. So you're going to have to go back in time and readjust your little thoughts on this. And I'm sure that Crapo and Rich will not go along with, but, you know, um, I will probably call them, but I'm just saying I'm pretty sure they'll do the right thing. And, uh, in fact, I called Crapo today, and I should have brought it up, but I was busy thanking him because they're trying to get the people on Social Security that they can get their guns away from them. And Crapo is totally against that, so he's got legislation in effect for try to stop that. And I called and thanked him, thanked Crapo for doing that. So um, it, it pays to call and thank people for um, doing the right thing. And I'm hoping somebody will get hold of Michael Savage on this. He and Chuck Schumer worked together. They brokered a deal to stop the Dubois, you know, the, what oh, was some years back, it was the uh, the porch entry, whatever. I can't remember all the details, but he and Schumer worked together because Michael Savage was against it, and Schumer was kind of too. And so I think if anyone would have an effect on Schumer and try to get him to see the light, it would be Michael Savage himself because they worked together before. So that's pretty much what I have at the moment. And we've got Ed on the line, so we're going to get Ed, our anti-federalist friend, on uh, the line. So we'll get him in. And anyone else uh, who'd like to chime in, just push the one on the number dial. Um, but I actually, I don't want to be uh, remiss on my duties. Uh, but before I get uh, Ed in, let's go ahead and hear from the Constitution Party, who has, at the end of this month, their debate, where yours truly has been submitting uh, for, uh, originally, I've been wanting to be the moderator there uh, where you're at, uh, Susan, uh, but uh, be that as it may, I am, I'm not going to be able to have that opportunity. However, uh, yours truly is uh, been designing some of the interview questions that will be uh, going on in that debate. So, um, you know, pretty excited about that. So some of the questions that I've uh, designed will be asked there at the presidential debate. So that will be, be pretty neat. Uh, but let's go ahead and hear about that debate at the end of this month. We the people of the Constitution Party, a surveyor, a vocational nurse, a behavioral counselor, ordinary citizens, extraordinary candidates. The public is invited to the 2016 Boise presidential debate held Saturday afternoon, February 27th at 12.30 p.m. at Hayes Auditorium, Boise Main Library. For details, visit www. CPIdaho.org, brought to you by the people of the Constitution Party of Idaho. Okay, folks, uh, definitely check that out. Let's go ahead and bring in Ed. Ed, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? All right. Hillary, Hillary, Scalia dead. Finn's Foster dead. Want an autopsy like on Kennedy? What's that going to prove other than Hillary, the beast, is above the law, and she keeps on going? You think it was Hillary other uh, before Obama? I don't know. I, you know, it's hard to say who it is, but it doesn't really matter. There's a gang of them up there, and even if you did an autopsy, you know, his family doesn't seem to be thinking it's foul play. 
uh, you know, and for me that's oh, they're being know, no, they're well, being quiet. It be foul play, ahead, I just don't see I don't see anything coming out of it because just like nothing came out of Kennedy. I mean, you know, when you're battling with these people, they they believe they're above the wall. They mm-hmm. believe that they can just run us over, that we just need to shut up and listen, and that the Marxist wave is coming and wave after wave after wave. And they they think that uh, they're unstoppable. I mean, Hillary really believes she's unstoppable. And yeah. there's a good chance she might get the nomination. I mean, not the nomination, but actually win the presidency. Well, you know, you have to you have to consider that possibility since everything just rolls off. I mean, she runs she runs around the, the country with this big smile on her face like she knows something we don't know. It's like the cat that's, that ate the canary just walking around smiling uh, with a feather hanging out of her mouth, you know. She, yeah, they probably got most of the, uh, the closed state machines rigged up, you know. Yeah, I mean, they know they got California and Texas knows it's going to the Republican and you know, they have all the states fine. So with Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania, there's like five states, you know, that they have to fool around with and they fit, rig up enough of those things and get enough people to go vote. She's pretty satisfied where she's at. Yeah, well, she ought to be, I guess. And we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see where Ohio goes. I think that's going to be. Well, I, I, actually, folks, if you find, you know, I find it interesting that on the Republican side, uh, we do see uh, candidates both from Ohio and Florida, which are pretty, you know, at least in the past, if, you know, we could trust the elections, to be honest. Uh, but let's say for argument's sake that, uh, you know, the results of the ele- past elections have been true. You know, as I said, I say that kind of tongue in cheek is do we really know? Um, but let's say for argument's sake that they are, I do find it interesting that you have two candidates from uh on the Republican side for the, you know, the two swing states. And perhaps if we can get a fair election, perhaps that will have some kind of significance in it. I mean, I tell you, I can, I, I can imagine, I mean, just listening, just listening to Hillary Clinton for four, if not eight years. I, I mean, I, I might, you know what, if Hillary Clinton gets, uh, uh, gets elected, I, I may quit the show. I may just not do the show until she's gone. Cause that means, if she's president, I have to show. I mean, I have to listen to her. I mean, I have to listen to her, and I, I just don't know if I can bring myself to do that for four years. Okay, I'm I'm not really meaning that, but still, <laughs> they have to listen to her for four years is awful. And and I got one more. It's a real short clip uh, that I found tonight. Actually, someone uh, I didn't find it. Uh, somebody gave it to me uh, on Facebook uh, to uh, to play. And this is just a short thirty second exchange. And it's kind of eerie. This is back in 2012. I can't even remember. Uh, I didn't even say exactly what the topic was. Uh, but it's kind of eerie uh, seeing what we have, uh, are witnessing now with Scalia's death um, when you hear this. Did you feel any pressure as a result of that to vote a certain way? No. What can he do to me? <laughs> Or to any of us, we have life tenured, and we have it precisely so that we will not be influenced by by politics, by threats from uh, from anybody. Did you view that as a threat? I didn't view it as a threat. I'm not even sure I heard it. Well, you heard it. I'm glad you brought it to my attention. <laughs> now you come on. In his first words, were the most eerie. What can they do to me? Well, they can kill yeah. you. Yeah. And. 
I think that's what they did. I think he, um, I think they gave him his walking papers there. Yeah, that he like made a self-fulfilled prophecy kind of in a way, you know. Like, you know, when you ask that question in today's world, you got to know that the the possibility of death. You got to know that. And, and, and let's say, here's the thing. Let's say this guy, you know, what what you know, natural causes. I don't think so. The guy was. Here's what makes this even more sinister, folks, in my opinion. And let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Kelly, and see what your thoughts are. And of course, we'll bring it back around. This guy is a Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America. We have a president who has Secret Service security. Our Supreme Court folks, you've got to think, have security. They have that security at their doors. They have the security all around them. Where in the hell would this, if this guy was murdered, and I think it's likely, where was his security? That's a really good question. Where the heck well, was this security? Yeah, you know, there's a possibility here. I mean, there's multiple possibilities. We don't know. We do have the right to be suspicious, however, because the suspicion becomes investigation, which leads to truth. Um, so with that introduced, I'd say, well, I'm suspicious at the possibility that Obama <clears throat> called off um, Scalia's Secret Service. Who's in charge of the Secret Service? Oh, that's right. That's executive branch. Now, that would be a rather interesting scenario. The, Demo- the Democratic-controlled county where he lives is another interesting thing. Uh, there's a whole bunch of interesting things that happen here when you know, we kind of mention all this. But <clears throat> let me explain how some of the law enforcement things work, if you will. Um, it's like a machine, Okay. When a button is pushed, the machinery, which, you know, composed of men and equipment and, and professionals and expertise, when the machinery has a situation, they automatically just do it. They don't even think about it. It is possible that people were ordered to stand down before this ever happened. It's possible. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying, you know, it's just under the right of suspicion. So why is it that um, standard machinery was not operating and a knee-jerk reaction like they normally operate? Or did they, I'm being repetitive, or did, were they told to stand down? It's just really weird. Oh, and then they changed the story. Oh, no, the pole wasn't on his head. It was you know, above his head, you know, kind of like it, against his head and, and the headboard. So it wasn't really like used to suffocate. It was just, you know. Um, it's really strange. Now, of course, this is the third time in history, which we get to the attorney general and how frightening this is, um, oh, by the way, I just saw a news article. Obama's not going to attend uh, Scalia's funeral. Yeah, that's interesting. What? Oh, Joe Biden will go. Uh, but but Obama's going to go to the Supreme Court where uh, Scalia will be posed for a little while. And the First Lady's going too. <sighs> Come on. I mean, it was Ginsburg. He'd be there in a heartbeat at the funeral. Um, see, you begin to wonder all sorts of factors. Um even Michael Savage talked about the Warren Commission, JFK. There are, I, I mentioned the power of the Attorney General appointed by the President, and one congressman said of Eric Holder when he resigned, um, Eric Holder has, do, been, has done nothing but protect the President. And what's weird about JFK, what's weird about 
this should have went to a grand jury. But no, they had to develop their own commissions, which the results are still outstanding and under question. You know, it, it's really strange when we had a, a diplomat, um, I can't remember his name now, from um, Chile. I think this was back in the 90s. Uh, try to remember his name because I researched it, put it in my book. He was an ambassador from Chile, and he had his um, – he was killed by a car bomb. car bomb took him out in D.C. You know what? Grand jury was convened, and they found out who the killers were, and they indicted him. Of course, you know, it helps with, you know, FBI, CA, whoever other, you know, federal marshals. So it's like, wait a minute. We, we can't – we can do this for a foreign ambassador, but we can't do it for Scalia – because the Justice Department controls so much of the investigation that you're in the FBI, CAA, and they have their interface. Obama's got his people in place now that he could cover this. It, it takes years for a dictator, um, a, a, a voted for a dictator to get enough people under him in power, replacing positions of power, that he can get away with this. So, it, it, why did the machinery not go? Ted Kennedy with Chappaquiddick, okay? It was, um, you know, the lady of the evening that got killed in the drowning. The machinery, even there, the machinery went into place. It even uh, evidence started accumulating by the, the by the police and investigators of the police, et cetera, et cetera. And it started even trickling into the grand jury, little bits of evidence. Oh, but the federal, the the local judge says, oh, we steal the evidence, no indictment. That's how he got away with murder, because the Fifth Amendment protects someone if there is no indictment or if there's no evidence, you can't investigate. The attorney general is under control of this whole system to prevent anybody from having any form of accountability. So Ted Kennedy got away with murder, but yet again, back to the machinery theory. The machinery was working on Ted Kennedy's Chappaquiddick until they were told to stand down. I mean, this is this is frightening about Dalia. I mean, he was such a great man. Um, just too many suspicions to mention. So when we vote for a president, we vote for somebody who appoints justices and the um, attorney general. I mean, it, it just has it taken this long for Obama? Is my question. Has it taken Obama this long to get his key people in positions of authority that now he can start executing plans and start to get away with it? That's my question. I just feel my time. Yeah, and through my understanding, he recently had a you know physical and, and, and passed, you know, this physical with flying colors through my understanding. Um, yes, uh, and according to now, Michelle Bachman was supposedly on Fox News Morning Show. I haven't actually seen it myself. I haven't been able to find the clip uh, yet. But she reportedly said that uh, her idea is well, you know, she she made it clear that it was just a uh, a thought. But she said Obama has always wanted to be president for life. Um, and with a five to four vote in the Supreme Court, I think he can do it. So this could have something to do with even more nefarious uh, plans than just the killing of our Second Amendment. This could have something to do with some plans that Obama has that we can't even fathom. You know, our minds don't work like his. 
when you got an evil mind that you have thoughts that nobody else has. Uh, we know that by the results of what some evil people have done. You you look at you look around in world history. You look around in U.S. history, and you look at crim- the criminals who have um, done unspeakable things. And you can't imagine where someone's brain could go up, could come up with something like that. We don't think in the same patterns that they do. And so we really just don't know what President Obama is capable of. Um, If he is as evil as we suspect he is, um, there's just no telling what he has planned for us. Well, Cindy, did you know that Cuba was a constitutional republic prior to Fidel Castro? Did you know that? I'm sorry, what did you say? That what? Cuba oh, was yeah. a constitutional republic, very much like us until Fidel Castro. Yes. Of course, there was corruption there, and then, you know, well, that and, caused a and lot Holly of people put to go an article over to Fidel. Fidel. Yeah, and Holly, and Holly put an article uh, there, but President uh, Obama's on his way over there, speaking of that. Thank you, Holly. Oh, yeah, well, over yeah. to Cuba, yeah. Well, you know, uh, the Chinese Republic was a constitutional republic. And then, Mao, you know, there's a lot of corruption. Mao steps in. The Weimar mm-hmm. Republic was a constitutional government. And, mm-hmm. of course, a lot of the things that Hitler did, he had approval from his own legislature. But he eventually stepped up as dictator. So, you know, it's really frightening how vulnerable in the wrong hands a constitutional republic is. Yeah. And if you think about it... What, Here's a flaw with our founding fathers. As much as I love their writings, as much as they did, I wish they would have spent another month or two longer to put penalties in the Constitution against people who violated the Constitution. No, what did they do? They they put together a Constitution, and then they relied upon the good intentions and, at the time, predominantly Christian thinking of the colonies. Right, well, the people, you know, yeah. Yeah, and, and so for until FDR, they followed Washington's precedent of two terms, they're done. I mean, Adam only served one term, but most, pretty much FDR, he went for third term, and then we had um, a constitutional amendment. Nope, sorry, term limits on presidents, because FDR was stacking the deck. This is a historical interesting thing. FDR was stacking the deck with Supreme Court justices. He, he wanted to get up to like 19. And we're like, no way, you're not going to add, no. So that was one of the reasons for term limits with him. But he, the Constitution was set up for a moral people who would follow the Constitution. That was without penalties in the Constitution. Yeah, okay, there's been laws passed in the United States Code and blah, blah, blah. There was a chronicle error. Now, when you get somebody with, with ill intent, who studied the Constitution furiously, went and supposedly taught constitutional law, he would know, Sun Tzu, Art of War, war, know your enemy. He would know how to subvert it. A man like Obama was not who the founders intended to have as the president as far as moral character goes. So we have a chink in the armor, if you will. Other nations, uh, constitutional republics, have fallen, um, I'm not saying we're going to fall because luckily we have the Second Amendment. But, you know, and states will probably secede before you know, things get really bad. Texas would go first, and uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Oklahoma, Kansas. 
Colorado, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But this vulnerability and the trickiness that he will do, I mean, he's even coming out and starting to claim that even if the Senate doesn't confirm it, well, he's going to appoint one anyway because there's something in the Constitution. Well, it might be temporary, but actually a judge already shot them down on that. Oh, wait, that's the Supreme Court again. One of his appointments was null and void because he pulled this trick. Well, look, the Senate's out of session, so I can appoint him. Supreme Court said, no, you don't. Sorry. He got shot down on that. Oh, whoops. Now we're at a three, um, three, I'm sorry, we're at a four-four split right now. And it's 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 a little bit of imbalance uh, potential here if the Supreme Court starts allowing Obama to do what he wants. I mean, I, I can't remember that case, but it's a really stunning case where, no, to the Supreme Court, you cannot appoint this person when the Senate's out of session, which would be another trick that the Senate would do. Is, oh, we're going to have a nice long recess. But who decides it? Oh, back to the eighth again. Very vulnerable we are right now. That's about it for now. We are definitely very, very uh, vulnerable right now. Um, do I, go ahead, and then we'll bring in uh, Ed back in. Go ahead, Cindy. You know, Scalia, Scalia does have federal protection, uh, and it was removed while he was at the ranch. Um, you know, they, they tell us that Scalia didn't want that protection. Um, now, as Kelly stated a little while ago, you know, we we don't know. We weren't there, so we can't say, but possibly he asked for it to be removed and possibly not. But let me just tell you this. If I had just made the comment, what can they do to me? And Well, that was that comment, said, well, that comment was made in 2012. And, that, and I'm out in the middle that, of nowhere. That, <laughs> well, it that, doesn't really matter when he said it. Uh, and I'm yeah, not saying it was uppermost on his mind. But when you know how important your stance is and you know that the Second Amendment is, is and other things also, a whole list of, of agendas of Obama's and, mm-hmm. the, and the justice, when you know that your decisions are in the balance, you're hang, everything hangs on your decisions, um, why would you not protect yourself as much as you can? I mean, it would almost, I would think of it as a, like a, a responsibility, you know, if I was in that position. But, you know, I, I can't say because, you know, none of us were there. And, and I'm like, okay, he's out in the middle of nowhere. So who is going to know if anything happened, you know? It's such a perfect setup to be murdered. And yet he didn't want protection. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, I, I got to, you know, I got to say um, there's this um, this Muslim woman it's apparently the first uh, Muslim in the, as appointed to a federal judge. I don't know what I did with that. I kept, I'm keeping on looking for it. But um, if if someone like her were uh, nominated by Obama, I just can't even imagine what that would do to us if we had someone who believed in Sharia law as one of our Supreme Court justices. It would just, it would just, 
it would just floor me. And you know, I, you're going to have you're going to have about a hundred founders of our nation rolling in their graves under their, you know, our few, first few Supreme Court justices and all those guys. They're they're all going to be rolling in their graves. But you know, can I can I change subjects for just a moment? I'm going to put in the chat. I finally got on the chat, so I'm in the chat. But I'm going to put in the chat in a minute some photographs. <clears throat> I uh, nope. I got a letter. I don't know if photographs can go in the chat. <laughs> well, I can put you. I can put a link to it, and, and you, you may or may not. Okay. It. Uh, or you can just check my Facebook page. I'll put it on my Facebook page. Um, but anyway. Um, a letter came today from the Cruz campaign, and I want to mention a couple of things about it. First of all, on the front of the the letter, on the envelope, it says check enclosed. Check enclosed. Okay. You open it up, and there is a check there, and it is for $45.00. Pay to the order of Cruz for president. The check is not for you. The check is for Cruz, and you're supposed to match this check. You're supposed to send in your $45, too, to match. Um, And this match is apparently going to be given, (laughs) provided by a concerned group of conservatives. Okay, now I, I want to tell you something, guys. This is sleazy. This is the kind of crap you get in the mail all the time from sleazy marketing, mail marketing people. They do this to old people all the time. Check and close, and you open it up, and there's a check for five dollars there. And you get go if these old people go check cash their check for five dollars, they've just signed up for something, and they're going to be charged mm-hmm. more down. And 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 for Ted Cruz to put something like this out, and put now if the inside was just the way it is intact, okay, you can ask me to meet uh, a challenge, okay, a donation challenge. That's fine. I don't mind that at all. But for you to put on the outside, check enclosed. Um, that is deceitful because the check is not for you, which it implies. And I just think this, I am losing more and more respect for Ted Cruz. Now, forgive me for all of y'all that may be on here listening that are Ted Cruz supporters. But after after um, the last few, the last couple of weeks, last few weeks with his, the things that he has done and said, um, he seems desperate, don't he? Yes, he is. Seems he seems to be getting desperate. Um, Not the only one. But this is this is. I mean, you guys tell me. Do you think this is sleazy or not? I think this is sleazy. Well, I yeah, got I the same letter. Well, actually, my Go wife ahead, got Ed. the same letter in the mail. My wife got the same letter in the mail today. So, I mean, you know, that's. That's the stuff they do for campaigns. I've seen stuff like that before. It's not 
You know, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> That's what when it gets down to the campaign, and these guys are going to get on each other a lot worse than you've already seen, man. Because it gets bad. Fraud history, fraud history has been like that. There's been you know a lot worse times than these in the battles. Uh, getting back to what he said, you know, Scalia was a very founder-oriented constitutionalist. And, you know, he was really mm-hmm. great at that. The best that we probably had. Thomas is pretty decent, too, but Scalia was even probably better. Uh, getting back oh, yeah. to the, uh, getting back to Roosevelt and stacking the deck. Well, Roosevelt was just threatening to stack the deck, and he was actually trying to implement the uh, going to a larger scale. But he, they found one of the one drawer finally, and that, that's important to one drawer. You know, we're losing Scalia. One juror, it, it, it's kind of funny how history repeats itself. During the, that time of Roosevelt, decided to switch and go with Roosevelt's New Deal programs. And that juror's last name happened to be Roberts. Fast forward 80 years, Obamacare, the next socialist paradigm. And the judge that made it a tax, Roberts kind of funny and then there's that kennedy and lincoln thing it's kind of funny how things go in history you know and uh if you really want to look at a crazy time was in the 1880 republican convention it actually went 36 ballots um the guy that was there was four different guys running and took it into overtime just like what i think is going to happen here and they're probably going to give it to rubio but in 1880 four different guys ran Ulysses S. Grant mm-hmm. was running for his third term. Uh, Sherman's brother was running for running, uh, Tecumseh Sherman, and two other guys, Blaine and somebody else. But anyways, these four running, and for um, Sherman's speech, you know, the acceptance speech, the guy that introduced him was named Garfield. Garfield is a great speaker. He's in Patrick Henry mode almost, and he just mesmerizes people. Well, after all these debates, they all finally went. So you think thinking you're going to get one of these four, and they finally turned and elected Garfield. And Garfield came out of that Republican nominee. And he didn't even want it, poor guy. And he, not only he got up and started saying, you're out of, they said, you're out of order, because he was trying to say, I really don't want this, you know. And then he gets shot four or five months later and has a agonizing death for four or five months because they did they weren't very good at all the anesthetic at times. But that's what could happen. That's what we've got to realize that, you know, what's going on with the Republican Party, it's a mess. If Trump doesn't get out of the way, it's going under the hood, and that's why I think it's going to be Rubio, because the establishment is going to establish their guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, The establishment has already put him in place for that. That's for certain. Right. Exactly. And getting back to Lito, I mean to uh, Scalia, Scalia, you know, it'd be nice to be able to look into to it and stuff, but I don't really think it's going to do any good. And, you know, Obama is definitely going to appoint somebody because he'll go, he'll point two or three times, they'll shut him down. But I think they'll finally cave because the Republicans just don't have enough. You know, I mean, most of them are, are part of the system, they're part of the establishment. Uh-huh. And, I I just don't see. We them need to vote these bastards I, out. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I know what you're saying. You need to vote them out, but the thing is, nobody does. 
And, mm-hmm. and that's I know. Come happen. on, people. Get I'm with it. I'm just telling you now. I'll come back a few months from now. Oh. I've been telling you guys, don't drink the Trump aid. Um, it's going to go under the hood. Uh, they're going. <laughs> Obama's going to get his nomination. Uh, the only way I could see Obama not get his nomination, it gets closer to the end, and they feel really good about Hillary's numbers and stuff like that, and they'll be playing and say, saying, see how those bad Republicans are? See how bad they are? And mm-hmm. all these oh, yeah, they'll use it as racist. a... They're, sec- they're, they're racist, they're sexist, they're racist. They won't even oh. let him do his duties. And when they do that, then they might just throw the election to Hillary, get the Senate, and then Obama can get the position he wants. He could become Supreme Court Justice. Well, that's why he picked who he's, uh, his top pick is right now. I mean, that's why uh, she's his top pick, because he wants to be able to use that. Right. What right. Was say, uh, it it was, um, yeah, what's her, Leah Lynch, uh, Loretta Lynch. Uh, he wants to use her. Um, you know, well, here's a quote that I got on the, uh, you know, on the side here. You know, on, on Blog Talk Radio, it says, um, uh, you know, Obama's always uh, politically maneuvering because Lorraine Lynch has his first pick to replace him. Rejoined in the race uh, being the primary assets of his choosing, other than her qualifications, as illustrated in an article which has stated, I think the administration would relish the prospect of Republicans either refusing to give Lynch a vote or seeming to treat her unfairly in the confirmation process. Either eventuality would motivate both black and women voters. Go ahead, Ed. Wow. Yeah, and that's what – you're right. I heard that too, and that's what I'm saying. It could actually play into the Democratic's favor. Hillary could win the election. They could win the Senate back. Next year at this time we're talking to you, uh, Hillary will be president, Democratic-controlled Senate, and they're nominating Obama to be on the Supreme Court. How would you be feeling Oh, that? I know. God, could you imagine that crap? That son of a mm. – anyway. <laughs> that's where you got to get back to nullification of states' rights. That'd be our own. Well, I got it. I find it now. Oh, real quick. Um, I'm going to read this article and then we'll bring it back in, uh, Susan, uh, that I found here. Um, and this uh, is from the uh, nowtheendbegins.com. Boy, it sounds pretty bad, but yeah, it's an article I found. I just basically was looking at the uh, the title and then you know, read from there. And it has some things about Ohio in there. I'll be interesting. Maybe I'll hear that later, but maybe it's. Much malarkey. But first, I think it was a good article. This it's becoming quite obvious that Judge uh, Antonin Scalia was murdered, but by whom? Okay, it says uh, Bill Ritchie, retired deputy chief and former head of criminal investigations for the D.C. police, said he was dumbstruck when he learned that no autopsy would be performed. I took I took a look at that report. I almost fell out of my chair. Ritchie told the Post from his home in Maryland. I took a look. Um, Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia was uh, was what you might call a famous person. He was certainly among the most powerful men in America. His presence on the Supreme Court was impactful and made an absolute difference. And yet when he died under mysterious circumstances, and someone's got the background noise, if we can cut that, I'd appreciate it. And yet when he died under mysterious circumstances, he was treated no better than if he had been a transient vagabond who had no family member to claim the body. Rushed off to the morgue, denied an autopsy, hurriedly embalmed, so no further examination could be done. Veteran homicide investigators in New York and Washington, D.C. on Monday questioned the way the local and federal authorities in Texas handled the death of the Supreme Court justice. It's not unreasonable to ask for an autopsy in this case, 
particularly knowing who he is, retired Brooklyn homicide detective Patricia Tufo told the Post. He's not at home. There are no witnesses to his death, and there's no reported explanation for why a pillow is over his head, Tufu said. So I think under the circumstances, it's not unreasonable to request an autopsy. It says Billy Ritchie, a retired police uh, deputy uh, chief and former head of criminal investigation for the D.C. police. Oh, they were just reiterating something here. Um, it says, I used to, and this is Richie, I used to be an instructor in the homicide school. Every death investigation you are handling, you consider it a homicide, and I believe this is true, you handle it as a homicide until the investigation proves otherwise. So how do you say that someone died of natural causes when you did not look at the body? How do you say it was a heart attack when you didn't look at his heart? How do you say that it was not smothered to death when his dead body is found with a pillow over his face? This reminds me of the murder of Osama bin Laden that has no photos to prove it happened, and the body was quickly buried at sea so there could be no investigation. And folks have always wondered about that. But anyway, it says, Houston businessman John Poindexter, who owns the 30,000-acre luxury ranch where Scalia died, is a known Democrat operative and big-money donor to the Obama administration. Which why Scalia decided to stay there, I have no idea. That was my own comment. But anyway, it says now the blog DC Whispers has stoked the flames uh, with a post that includes a couple of photographs of Obama and Poindexter, who own the Cibolo Creek Ranch, where Scalia was staying at the time of his death, and a friendly handshake. Now, of course, that was probably at some other point, I think, but still showing at their front. The blog says Poindexter, a Texas millionaire, billion, uh, Texas millionaire businessman, also received an award from Obama for his Vietnam military service. It has been a longstanding policy for the Obama administration to grant presidential awards to those who are among the president's most prized political donors, D.C. Whisper wrote. It was Poindexter who was reportedly uh, – who reportedly was among those who initially discovered the justice's body and who then coordinated with the local officials to have Justice Scalia declared dead via a phone conversation with the area medical examiner, but without an actual medical examination of the body. So who stands to gain with the judge Scalia dead? Just about the entire Democrat Party stands to gain by replacing the conservative Scalia with a raging, flaming liberal judge. This ensures the continued funding of Planned Parenthood and continued ground game of the LGBT movement and the future success of the liberal agenda for the next 20 or 30 years. When President Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon Baines Johnson decided they needed to get rid of John F. Kennedy in 1963, they used an elaborate ruse of mixed duration, trained snipers, and blended on the hapless Lee Harvey Oswald. To seal the deal, they spent millions on the laughable war report to prove their ridiculous premise. But in 2016, all it took for Obama to get rid of Judge Antonin Scalia were chemicals that mimic a heart attack and a pillow over his face. And like LBJ before him, they're going to get away with it too. So we have someone uh, who else would like to chime in, an area code 208. Uh, thank you very much for calling to the show. How are you? And who am I speaking with? Uh, this this is Gene. Gene? No, G E N E. I've been on there before. Oh, Gene. Hi, okay. Gene. Gene. Yeah. Oh, okay, Gene. Thank you very much, Gene. How are you tonight? 
Uh, doing pretty good. I just had a thought I was thinking about, too, that Ted Cruz, as I understand it, a senator from Texas, why don't he speak up and say, and or is he too busy campaigning to have them kind of do a review about that judge's death? Yeah, and and think about it. Trump is the only one who said something about it through what I've seen. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gene. Yeah, nobody is. Investigation. Yeah, nobody's doing anything about it. And I'm not as pessimistic as his ad on there, but I have a feeling that there will be a judge. I just don't think the Republicans are going to be able to hold out until, you know, until whoever gets in there is president. I hate to say that. I wish they would. Clarence Thomas, go ahead. And that would be a good way to hold up things for a while. If they had an a investigation about the judge's death, it might hold it off at least for a while, the pressure, because the president's already harping to get somebody in there. Oh, yeah, he's well, already started. And there's... there's a lot of different ways you yeah. can do it, a lot of different ways. The the, the fact remains, I don't, I don't know that they want to. No, they don't want to be bothered with it. <clears throat> you know, so, you well, know, right, I mean, he's already done it. He's already, you know, picked, um, you know, who, who his first person's going to be. And, and another reason why he picked her is because I believe she's she's already gone through the process a year ago, you know, for her position in an appellate court. But, I mean, they'll say, well, what's the problem? Why can't you get her through? And now it's a different position. You know what I mean? Supreme Court's another uh, deal of, you know, when it, when it comes to a position in, you know, in the courts, it's a much bigger deal than a, an appellate court, certainly. So, but, I mean, look what they did, as I said earlier, you know, to Clarence Thomas. I mean, it took, what, a year, almost a year and a half uh, to get him, uh, not his nomination through? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's ways they can stop it. There's ways they can slow it down or stop it. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't think they have it. Uh, I don't think that's on their agenda like it is on ours. And then in my home state of Oregon, I sent something to the two senators. I, but they're Democratic. But my opinion is um, they should wait till whoever gets in, you know, by the will of the people, whether it's a Democrat or Republican. I hate to get Kelly to get in and make decisions, but if that's what the people want, then I, I would have to stand by that. But I think they should wait that long to see see who to put in for the judge. Well, let me ask well, you this, Gene. Did you hear that um, Mitch McConnell has, has came out uh, and said that he thinks that the next president ought to um, to uh, be the one to uh, appoint that Supreme Court justice? And uh, do, if you if you have heard that, do you think he really means that, and do you think he'll stick by that? <laughs> I'm very due. It's about, I think he's on cave in the pressure. It'd be great if he could stand by his guns and, and hold off that lawn. Because I guess it'd be about a year he'd have to stand by it or until the mm-hmm. president actually gets in there. Yep. Sometimes. Yep. I heard somebody I already changed their mind or something, but I didn't catch it on the radio already today. It must have been, I guess, one of the Republicans somewhere that, that they've already jumped over there, you know, that already wants them to go ahead and appoint someone, but I said I didn't catch the name, though, who it was or anything. Somebody's already caved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they wasn't going to cave. Yeah. 
And, and we haven't heard from uh, Kelly for a while, so let's go ahead and get uh, Kelly's take on that. Okay. Are you still with there, Kelly? Yeah, I'm sorry. What was the question? Well, you know, what about uh, what, what, what my question is, is what do you think, you know, with our, our constitutional scholar here, because, you know, yet it is the right for Obama to, you know, it is a right for Obama to, you know, put out, play as, you know, according to the Constitution, to put out his nominee. Uh, but what about blocking it? I mean, the, the Senate definitely has a part in that. Well, it's so simple. If they don't confirm it, he's not a justice. I mean, I don't know. How, how much more clear can that be? Um, I don't seem to be uh, degrading or anything like that, but it's just, it's that simple. Um, checks and balances. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, you know, what's strange is, Applying the Constitution to weird situations that are coming up when there's, I don't know if, if we've had, well, no, 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 we've had this before. We've had it happen where just, I believe, justices were not approved. Okay, so you bring guy number one, guy number two, guy number three. Okay, fine. Um, I actually have to re- research that, but I'll bet you there's been candidates for justices that were never approved by Congress. So there's another option instead of stall, delay, delay, stall. We're not going to hear it today. They could go, oh, Eric Holder, no thank you. Oh, next guy, oh, no thank you. They could keep shooting down, you know, 3, 4, 10, 15 uh, candidates. Um, I mean, there is an interview process. Like Kagan was asked some things, so my order. I mean, they're always asked things by the Senate, you're like, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And eventually they take a vote. I mean, they're, 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 in some ways you could say before the justices become justices, they are put on trial by the Senate and pummeled with a bunch of questions. Um, somebody might want to Google that one. Has um, a nomination been denied? Um, well, here's another thing is... Um, Nominations. Uh, Richard Nixon went through four attorney generals. That was a real interesting scenario. Um, John Mitchell was one of them. He got later indicted by a grand jury. But um, Nixon knew in yeah it was seventy actually seventy three and seventy four when the the third attorney general re, uh, resigned. Um, Nixon knew that it was going to be a really hard time getting. Um, an attorney general approved. I mean, how many presidents you know go through three attorney generals? I mean, obviously that that's red flag, something's wrong, why are these guys quitting? But um he picked somebody who didn't like who didn't like Nixon. Nixon picked a guy that didn't like him and actually, you know, the famous Watergate seven indictment, but Nixon picked this guy knowing that the Senate would approve him. And they did, even though the guy didn't like Nixon. So all sorts of shenanigans and games and interesting perspectives come in here, but Nixon was afraid his appointee was not going to be approved for attorney general. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how they do this. I don't know if Cindy can research that. Supreme Court justices not confirmed by the Senate, if you can look that up. But it's in their power. They can go through 10 guys, 15 guys. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, you know, January 22nd, you're out of time. New president. <laughs> Well, you know it's what? Be a, well, also, 
No, no, and, and folks, just answer the question. That's Senator, uh, that's uh, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley, who is an Iowa Republican. So, folks who are there who are uh, in Iowa, listening, listening, call Mr. Grassley and say, you know what, we're going to put some grass up your ass if you don't uh, turn yourself around and, and and knock that off. So, let's go ahead my and uh, like, my, my tell Grassley what for. Grassley, right. Yeah, my uncle actually gave Grassley because I'm from Iowa. My my uncle gave Grassley a ride to the airport once. Got to spend you know a little bit of time with him. And well, let's uh, give him he's been a long ride out of Washington if he keeps us up. Yeah, well he he's been a long-standing um, incumbent, and Iowa folk really like him. So he might actually do he's the chairman, you say. He might do some really good there then. Well, he's the one. Sounds like he's already looking at caving and, and, and letting a uh, a nominee go at least go through the votes. Well, you gotta have a hearing first. You might put him in the hearing. I don't know. It's, it, I I don't know what to say. It could it could be a showboat. It could be the Republicans are just trying to look like they're doing something to fight it. I don't know. It's frustrating. Well, well they're, they're good at that. that. You know that. Yeah, they do yeah, that all the time. Sure. That's your modus operandi. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Tell y'all, it's it's um it's it's a really sad day here. But let's be honest. Is any of us the way things have been going? Is any of us surprised? No, no, no. It's not a matter of surprise. It's a matter of losing. You know, uh, Dan used to come on all the time and be so positive, and he'd always have something good to say, no matter what. And and he always felt like you know, and and um, James Neighbors was the same. Uh, whenever, you know, you get a positive person and, and they, they, you know, they tell you it's going to be okay. We got all, we got this we can do. We got that we can do. But you know what? I'm looking at how long it's been like this and how many times we've said that it was going to, you know, we were going to get some help because, hey. Come on, real quick, Cindy. We've got some background, we got some background noise there. If we can kind of limit that, you know, put some the mute on if, on if need be, unfortunately. But go ahead. If you're on speaker, if you're on speaker, you should mute yourself. But anyway, um, when um, shoot, where was I going with that? <laughs> Sorry about that, Cindy. You can't, you can't interrupt a sixty-year-old woman. <laughs> Sorry. <don't> come back. <laughs> That's all right. When um, uh, when they when they decide to do something, you know it because it happens immediately. Um, but you know they're they're gonna poop around and they're gonna poop around and and make it sound like they want to help us out. But and and you know it was like, okay, hey, we got the house, we're gonna get what we want now. Well, not with Boehner around. Oh, we got the Senate too. Now we got both sides of the house. We can get whatever we want. Not with McConnell around. <laughs> and now the excuse is well. It doesn't do us any good to send anything uh, um, conservative up to Obama to sign because he's just not going to sign it. Well, why wouldn't he sign it when you're sitting there giving him everything he wants in his budget? 
and everything he wants, uh, yeah. every other place that he asks for it, every regulation he wants to put out, every stupid thing that he puts across, you're allowing it to happen, and and you and you think he should sign your documents? No, that's everybody knows that the way to control a president is through his purse, and. Um, and that and and they're just not doing it, and they know to do it. It's not like they don't know any better. The plan, the 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 um the formula was given by Newt Gingrich in the nineties, and it worked perfectly. They're just not this. They just have decided not to use it. Period. And Ryan, of course, Paul Ryan, dear heart, you know, oh. bless his heart. He he's he's so interested in sucking up that he, he doesn't have anything else to do. Poor little guy. I feel sorry for well, him. Well, and then you got Nikki Haley endorsing Rubio. His surprise, surprise, right? Huh? I said, you know, you have Nikki Haley, South Carolina, uh, endorsing uh, Rubio. Surprise, surprise. I mean, I don't think well, anyone's surprised about that either. Well, of course not. No. And, you know, I'm, like I said, I, you know, I just look at, you know, what what women, what women are behind these men, you know? <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Being a woman, what idiot, you know, is married to these guys and doesn't have anything to say about this? Do they, do they marry just airheads that that can't think for themselves, or or are they married to people who are liberal progressives and they're just pushing this on their husband? You know, which is it? <laughs> kind of hard. Well, let me, I mean, look at Hillary Clinton. I mean, anyone. Yeah, any woman that w- w- that votes for Hillary Clinton's like, hello. I mean, if she is not the worst example of a, you know, all the bullshit. I'm sorry, bullcrap with uh, stand by your man thing. It's like, come on, we know she's standing by Bill because he was the president of the United States. There's no love in there. I mean, what is she saying about the women across America? Yeah, your your man can sleep with all kinds of people, blah blah blah, and you can just stay with them. I mean, you know, and w- I mean, women are fooled if they think, uh, oh my gosh, she's you know, all for, you know, the women, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, we're going to hear uh, real quick from the Patriot Journalist Network, and then we have John on the line. We're going to get you in, John. But first, uh, let's hear from our friends at the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. Definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. PatriotJournalist.com, as well as the website here on Bard's Logic at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And before we bring uh, John in, uh, just go ahead and, yes, go to the website, and I already have it set up for you. Uh, pretty easy to uh, share out the link for tonight. Uh, there's many ways. Go to the show's homepage uh, where you can see if you are a Twitter user, you can do two things. One, if you like, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. 
And also, secondly, uh, you can tweet out, and I would even recommend this more so than following me, is to tweet out uh, the link for tonight's show to your Twitter followers so they can uh, listen to the show and uh, hopefully call us in the future and be a part of our roundtable discussion and also bring topics that they're interested in uh, hearing on the show uh, because this is a grassroots, and a lot of things you'll hear here uh, you will not you know, be able to – I'm saying hear a lot, but here out there in the mainstream, we even talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we got uh, <laughs> cut off. Uh, but anyway, so that's another way you can uh, share the link to the show is by tweeting it out, have it all set up. All you have to pretty much do is just click that tweet button, and you may have to put in your uh, username and your password to get logged into Twitter uh, so that you can tweet out the link for tonight. But check that out. That is on the home page. The front page of the Bard's Logic Political Talk website, as well as on the contact page. If you scroll down, you'll see the email letter uh, that I send out to folks on the email list. Uh, if you could, you could just always just copy and paste uh, that into your email and send out to your email list. And that will also have the link to uh, the website, the link to uh, tonight's show for folks to listen to it as well, and of course, share it. So, while we're listening to the show tonight, whether you're listening to it live or if you're listening to it here on the archive, you know, take some time to tweet it out because even if you are listening on the archive, still other folks can see it and they can visit the, the podcast as well and listen to the podcast uh, there if they see it on Twitter or, as I said, in the email. They can get the link that way and they can listen to the podcast out through there. So you don't have to share the a link while we're live. You can also do it so that you can listen to the podcast uh, as well. Uh, so, and that definitely helps get uh, the word out and also uh, get the information out as well, which is what uh, we're here for. So let's go ahead and bring in John. John, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you, Robert. Hey, you guys got a great show going. I'm just surprised that with all the number of people that are involved in our government and it seems like everybody's getting a pass. There must be so many skeletons in the closet, we just don't even realize. It's like because if the president wants to do certain things, you know, he can't really do it unless a whole bunch of other people are actually assisting him with following through on his orders. Because if certain people were in our government just saying, hey, do this, and everybody stands up and says, sorry, I ain't going to do that, that's unconstitutional, nothing would happen. So apparently mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of people with skeletons in their closet, and they're just going along to get along so nobody opens their closet and shows all their nonsense. You're exactly right. Lots of skeletons in them closets. You, you and the biggest ones like are probably... Well, the biggest ones are probably from the bank. The biggest ones are probably from the banksters. I mean, the banksters probably come on. You know, they buy most of them off. They give them. I mean, one one of the senators or congressmen they call it ninety thousand cash and this thing, but they probably give them cash, bank accounts, certain things, and threaten. You don't listen to us. We are going to expose you for what you are. Mm -hmm. And they That's control right. a lot of them that way. They control a lot of them that way. And, uh, you know, and that's why I call them Obama bootlickers. You know, I, that's why I think Obama's going to get somebody nominated in there. But, you know, there's other ways to nullify, man. It's not just the Supreme Court. We can nullify for the states. The states can defend the uh, Bill of Rights. So I think that's what we got to look at is decentralization, you know. 
uh, Reagan said it best. He said that uh, the centralization of power is always a threat to liberty, and that's what they, we're fighting. It's a, D.C.'s district of corruption is the centralization of power. The anti-federalist vision was decentralization of power. That's where Jefferson kept pushing. Bring it back to the jurors. Bring it back to the common law grand jurors. Bring it back to the people at the state level, the county level, the town level. Have the town meetings. Keep it. Keep D.C. small. Keep it limited. Keep it inside. Chain it down, Jefferson said. Chain it down. Keep it limited. Of course, it's broken. It's chained. It's a two-headed monster, one with an elephant, the other with a donkey coming at us, trying to stomp us out. But, um, you know, we can't uh, get discouraged. we got to keep fighting it's a big monster, but we can beat it. We can, we can yeah, beat yeah. it. We people got to be resolute. That's all. Yeah, certainly. And we do uh, see some other folks uh, on the line. So if you would like to uh, chime into the show, just push the one on your number dial. And uh, also, if you would like to be a part of the show or listen into the extended period, which will be happening in about 23 minutes. Uh, because, unfortunately, if you do not call in between that time, your audio will be cut off and you won't be able to be a, uh, listen to or be a part of the extended period of what sometimes we lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark. Uh, some of my language this evening, we you may have uh, thought that perhaps we went into Bard's Logic After Dark a little earlier this evening. Uh, but, hey, you know, that's just how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> but give us a call at 347-945. 7428 because um, I said, you know, I'm fired up. I've been fired up all week. I mean, I just, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, it's not unbelievable. That's the bad, that's the bad thing about it. That's the thing about it. I'm, I'm not shocked. I'm pissed, but I'm not shocked. What does that tell us? What does that tell us about the, you know, not only the situation we find ourselves with our government, but what the hell does it find us with, with the people of this country? What the hell is going on, man? I mean, seriously, wake the hell up, people. Look what's in front of your face and see that we're going to have to do something about this or else they're just going to be able to run roughshod. They're killing people. They're killing the Supreme Court members of our country. What the hell else does have to happen before people start waking up? Well, it's it's like, um, you know, they don't – it's like, um, you know, I, I was talking to Barbara Haney today on the, you know, I was sending her the information for the show tonight, and um, she, I said, um, you know, this is, you know, they're all going to call us conspiracy theorists, and she said, well, of course, and I don't give a, a damn what they call me, go ahead. This, this is not a conspiracy, and if, listen, Barbara does her homework, she, she researches everything, she would not have made yeah, a statement like that if, if she didn't, you know, already all the, the stuff and, and to tell you the truth now that I've heard the Michael Savage interview and uh, with Trump that you just played and uh, and I'm reading all these different articles even Washington Post um, uh, I'm like okay this is so obviously um, a case of at least a case of a cover up of some sort or another I, I don't know what what cover? What's being covered up? Whether it's a murder or not, but something is being covered up um, because of the way they've been handling this this whole thing. Um, so, for you know, 
this is way past conspiracy theory. And and if and for our politicians not to do anything about it, uh, nobody doing anything about it. The people had better rise up and get their politicians off their rear ends and get this exposed, or there's just there's just no hope for us. Well, and through, yeah. through my understanding, the only person who's, who's made any comments, you know, on this is is Trump. I mean, if anyone has heard any other candidates, you know, make you know make any comments about it, you know, about it possibly being you know, murder, then please let me know. Well, I mean, any of the candidates. I meant the candidates. I mean, you know, the GOP candidates. The only one who's, I've heard anything is uh, is Trump. No, I didn't watch, um, you know, the the debate this Saturday. You know, I watched, you know, some of the aftermath. And and, and maybe we'll talk about that later, which the Republican Party, whoever becomes a nominee, are tearing themselves uh, apart in South Carolina when I think they're they're making the commercials for the Democrat, whoever the Democrat nominee is going to be uh, for the general election. I mean, they're just making the commercials for them. Uh, by the way, they're acting now, calling each other's liars. It's like that. I mean, that's just got to stop. I mean, they're just hey, – uh, just... Yeah, I, I want to throw ahead. things about Trump, about Trump and then about Orlando Letalier. That's his name, the Chilean ambassador. Anyway – Trump, you know what's fascinating? If, if the Republican Party wants to grow its numbers, why are they crucifying Trump? He's bringing in an awful lot of people. I don't get it. It's just, this is just weird. Um, and then I want to go to Orlando Leterlier. He was a Chilean ambassador that was killed by a car bombing. Now, if um, they wanted to, and, and again, they found out, you know, investigations on grand jury indictment, same with World Trade, Trade Center bombing number one. They found out, they didn't investigate. I mean, that's a bombing. How do you find this evidence? Well, they did. Enough to trace it back, and even Obama's, uh, Obama's Laden um, got indicted in that first World Trade Center bombing. So if they wanted to with World Trade Center 1 and, and Orlando Letelier, they could have said, oh, goodness, no evidence. Here's another thing that I'm suspicious of, possibly, under this Justice Department. We run the show. Um, they could have called the Justice Department could have called the local authorities and said um, the Justice Department and the FBI is going to go ahead and investigate this so you guys don't don't really have to get involved we'll go ahead and take care of it and then the Justice Department and FBI did nothing that's another possibility that exists with Scalia's death hey, let's go ahead let's go ahead and hear from Susan we haven't uh uh, hurt for hurt for a little bit, and I apologize for that, Susan. But let's go ahead, and uh, your mic is open, and well, it's always open, but you know what I mean. <laughs> we're we're putting it over to you. Go ahead. Okay, I thought you forgot I existed. <laughs> no, we just, um, we're, we're you know I know I apologize. We're just we're just kind of all going off here, and I, I've lost my uh, sense of control and decorum, I guess, just because I'm just beside myself at this point. Which normally, you know, I'm you know pretty calm, cool, collected, but. It just, it's just okay. understandable. It's just what, what the possibilities of, of what this can mean for, you know, American Obama actually fundamentally changing America. It just now, you know, the only fundamentally changing America that I would like to see is, I mean, I would love to see everybody be able to use solar power. But beyond that, I don't want to see, that, you know, get any kind of, you know, fundamentally changing of America. But go ahead, Sue. Well, um, 
by the way, for all of you, there's still putting Hillary in there. Bernie Sanders might have something to say about that. So or just remember that. He's not backing down. So you might have Bernie and still Hillary. Um, but anyway, um, Phil Shaffley, uh, I was reading one of her. She put out a thing on the judge, the justice, Antoine Kelly. Um, she said it's a terrible loss. And a reason for Republicans to rethink their approach to the judicial branch of our government. Um, and uh, I wondered how many of you knew that Obama has already placed more than 300 judges on the federal bench with little or no opposition by Senate Republicans. He has handpicked the same number of federal judges as George Bush did in his entire two terms. And I am no Bush fan, by the way. Um, plus, you know, the governor of Texas could call for an investigation into his death, and I think we need to contact him and ask him to because he has um, fought against Planned Parenthood, supported private property rights, a staunch co-Second Amendment advocate. Um, there's this possibility that people will have to call him. You can, I assume you can Google up the governor's phone number to there. Um, and the... Uh, and you all might be surprised. You listed several oh, reasons that he could have been off. But did you know that some of the largest unions in the country are going to reap unexpected billion-dollar windfalls from his death? So they're, they're going to spend a fortune electing labor-friendly candidates to have their coffers full uh, heading into this election cycle. So that is a very good reason. For, you know, the union hated Kennedy, too. So there you go on that. And it's not just, um, oh, what's his back? It's uh, that uh, Grassley, the Republican from Iowa. He is not the only one that is weakening Tom Tillis, or Tom, Tillis, North Carolina, Voiced caution about blocking any Obama nominee automatically. So you see, it is not just the other one. It is, it is this Phyllis guy, and Schumer. Is, um, he's the number three Democrat in the Senate. Like I said, we need to press him. We need to make calls. I call a lot, so I hope a lot of you do too, because. Uh, you know, I hate to be the only one on the black helicopter list. It'd be nice to have a few others join me, some company. So um, <laughs> there you go. And as I said, provided on the website, I do have a link uh, for you can contact your senators to, to, to tell them just that. Go ahead. But we do have some good news. So miracles do happen. Did any of you hear of uh, Apple defying government on encryption? They have defied a federal court order to, uh, they have asked the United States government to uh, take a step to threaten the security of the customers. They sent a letter out. I've got that. And uh, it is absolutely, they sent a whole uh, letters out to customers. Apple did. They are defying the government. And I've got to find their number. I want to call them to uh, thank them for that. Um, they said the reason given was because of the San Bernardino case. You know, that they want it supposedly just to be for one time, but they said it will leave the back door open for the government to be a threat to all of our data security from our banks to everything. So um, 
They said, well, we believe the FBI's intentions are good. <laughs> we know about the FBI in Oregon. Uh, it would be wrong for the government to force us to build a backdoor into our products, which is what they're trying to do. So this is good news. And, again, we need to support Apple on that. That's it. You do know that through the, um, well, the CFPB, they supposedly already have access to all your financial documents and banking statements and all that information. Supposedly, yes. But um, I still think that this is an even deadlier threat or they or, or Apple wouldn't be defying them, which could lead to a lot of problems for Apple. We know what it's like to defy the government. And I don't know what they'll do to to Apple. Um, all I know is they that it's it's a the government can use the All Ritz app to make it easier to unlock your iPhone, to reach into anyone's device to capture their data, your messages, access your health records, financial data, track your location, access your phone's microphone or camera without your knowledge. This is what they want. It's like the new Samsung smart TVs that are coming out. They gave you a warning. Did you see about that today? No. no Tell I me about that. that. There are people who want to get one of those TVs. Well, Samsung themselves, from what I gathered, they were putting out a notice that said, hey, if you buy one of our new TVs, they're using a third-party group in order to process the data for all the voice commands that you try to do, like if you're sitting there and you want your TV to do a certain thing, you give it voice commands. Well, I guess while it's hooked up to the Internet, those voice commands go to this third-party company. And um, Samsung was saying this is just to put you on notice that everything you say when you're sitting in your living room in front of your TV goes through this system and all that data is collected. And that they are not they are not selling it, but that doesn't mean the third party group isn't data mining it bartering it for some other reason. So everything you say mm-hmm. how how is there a way to turn that off? I don't know enough about it. I just barely caught part of it today. But I've heard I've heard about this technology just even a few years ago I was talking to some other people about hey, be careful, these new smart TVs are going to come on, so then any hacker as well as the, you know, NSA, the Nefarious Stalkers Asylum, can start tracking people like J. Edgar Hoover on steroids and put all these personal profiles, and, you know, we're going to have to have another church That's true, I didn't think of that, yeah. Well, I heard that it can also see you through your television, too. If you have an interactive... uh, Television, where you know, there's some interactive things you can do now with certain uh, TVs and channels, and and I think that what I heard was that they can actually see you in your living room anytime they want to. Yeah, that's now, part of what they were talking about. The Samsung was talking about the voice command part because it's got a microphone built into the system, and it hears your voice command, and that information is transferred. But you're right. There's a if there's a, you know, like Jetson's capability on there so they can use the microphone and the camera, then it's probably snooping all your video as well, which, you know, you probably heard even years ago there was um, school administrators that would get their IT department to spy on some of their employees at home through their computer because the um, yeah. employee yeah. 
I've heard of that. Or whatnot would work at home on their computer and leave the computer laptop on in their bedroom, and they were scoping out these people dressing and undressing. Whoa. Yeah. I You know, I, well, I knew that they see it to have certain capability. They can't just do it anywhere, anytime. Um, well, you and, gotta have and a webcam. The same, right? The same thing with the TV. You have to be up to that. Um, you have to like. You have to be on a certain channel, I think. Um, no, that's an interactive if, you're, channel. if you're much of a hacker, and you know, all these laptops have built-in microphones and cameras, yeah. so you can do, right. you know, whatever you want to call it, skyping or whatever. Well, it's it's just like on some of your cell phones. If you're a good enough hacker, even though the cell phone might be turned off, you can hack into the system and turn somebody's cell phone on and listen to their whole conversation in their car. They did it with computers, too. So it, it isn't, I mean, yeah, you do have to have a certain level of tech, not in tech, you know, technical capabilities, but believe me, anybody that works for our government, they pretty much are going because look Edward Snowden I mean he pretty much did us a service letting us know they've been hiring some of the best technological people they can find around the world to go to work for them I mean just the the internet and all that stuff was developed through our DARPA and the military Mm-hmm. right let's go ahead and uh, bring things yeah, back around to what, maybe they were trying to now bring Shelly back in And, and Kelly, go ahead, but first, uh, just let folks know who are out there who have not called in. We only got about five minutes uh, for you to call into the show or your audio is going to be gone, and you won't be able to hear the extended period or uh, chime in if you'd like. So give us a call at 347-945-7428. And for those who are on the line, if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial, and uh, we'll uh, make sure we go, we'll make sure it gets you to the show. Again, if you've got about five minutes to call 347-945-7428 to uh, be able to listen to the extended period or your audio will click out. But, of course, uh, you will be welcome to uh, come back and listen to the rest of the show in the archive, as well as if you have not already gone to the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and either went to the Facebook page uh, there, because there's actually, as I mentioned earlier, or you can go to the Facebook page as well. Uh, there's a button there. You can click on it or tweet out uh, the link of the show if you are a Twitter user. And I uh, know pretty much everybody has email these days. Uh, so you can also go to the contact page where you can actually send me an email. Or if you'd like uh, to send the email I send out uh, to folks on the list, uh, I already have it out there where you can just copy and paste it into your email and send out that way. Uh, that's good information about tonight's show as well as the link for tonight's show uh, as well. So if you haven't done so already, uh, go ahead and do that while uh, we get to the extended period of the show in five minutes. Uh, but we will be continuing on for the next hour of the show. So let's go ahead and bring Kelly back in. Thank you very much, Kelly. Go ahead. Hey, uh, I'm, like, occupied somewhat right now, but I do want to later oh, okay. talk about how, how people like the uh, Friday special edition. So I'm occupied right now. 
Yeah, we did have our special edition last Friday or this past Friday. And if you uh, did not uh, listen to the show live, of course, as every show, it is part of the podcast. Uh, so you can listen to that as well, and you can act. Uh, you can access all of the archives. Boy, say that ten times uh, fast uh, through the uh, website as well. Uh, so there's just a lot of things you can do on uh, the Bard's Logic Political Talk dot com, and one of those is to get access to all the archives of the show. And now you can find that by going through to the homepage uh, there uh, for the show. And so you know, we talked a lot about Scalia about the possibilities. Uh, being murdered. We only got about an hour left, less than that, before I have to do th- close things out. Uh, but, you know, we are in election season as well. We know how important it is uh, for folks to call their senators. Uh, let's make sure we don't get any of those nominees, you know, uh, you know, all those you know, appointed nominees and get them in there. Uh, just stop them all. We, I mean, because that's literally going to, to change the uh, face of the judicial, uh, you know, in the Supreme Court for a uh, I think decades to come, and we you know we we just can't let that. That's one way of giving Obama the legacy that he's been wanting. So if you want to stop Obama from getting his legacy, definitely you know call your senators and you know tell them what you think, and so uh, make sure to do that. But anyway, we do have an election. And uh, did anyone here on the line did they watch the debate this past weekend? I mean, I said I I see little bits and pieces, and I seen some of the. Uh, you know, commentary on it. But anyone here on the line actually watch the debate this past Saturday? I watched most of it. You uh, watched most of it? And what was your yeah. take on it? Besides it being, uh, yeah, you know, none of these guys, they, I mean, the way they present the debates, all these debates, they don't really get into the Constitution and restoring limited government. You know, they're not going to take an anti-federalist position. They're taking a position between federalists and the Marxists, the Mar- and more towards the Marxists usually than the federalists. But uh, it's just they want, you know, they, they they want to just focus on making each of these guys point fingers at each other and say stupid things, and and they're not really talking about cutting government, which they need to do. They don't. They don't mention that hardly at all, and you know. I, but I guess Republicans are so used to passing big budgets with the Democrats now that that's kind of lost favor. So I mean, we are really stuck with this giant uh, federal monster, you know, that just keeps on uh, growing and growing and growing because they don't even want to talk about the issue, you know. Only one I really heard was Rand Paul saying, "Hey, you know, these guys all talk tough, but they all talk. We want more." You know, just like Rubio and, and Cruz, they both say, yeah, I'm going to build the strongest military. We're going to spend more on military. We're going to spend more on military, just like uh, Reagan did when he was in office. Yeah, yeah, but he had to make concessions, and that's why he got us our first trillion in debt. Thirty years later, we're almost $20 trillion in debt. And that's because these guys talk more about making the military stronger, more, more, more. And that, everybody up on that stage is all about that. There's nobody up here that wants to make money. And to make the compromise with the Democrat, to make, get more money for spending, it's just going to put us deeper and deeper in a hole. And Rand Paul had mentioned that, you know, that his last debate that got him fairly good. It got him at least 5% or, or 10% in uh, New Hampshire. But he just realized that he didn't have enough money or, you know, the gumption to keep going. So I was kind of disappointing because I'm telling you, these debates, it's more about 
name calling, harassing, and I'm going to build a bigger military and a bigger fence than you are. And, you know, for amnesty or against amnesty. And we got to realize Rubio is probably him and Bush are the two worst on, on, you know, the most anti-constitutional kind. I mean, really, Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, right after the first three articles, says one of the main purposes of the federal government is to protect us from invasion. If you don't think we're being invaded, go over, come down to Florida, go over to Texas, go over to California, and go look at the lie. I mean, there's just so many people coming in here now. It's ridiculous. We're being invaded. They're not upholding the Constitution. They should be, you know, speaking more about getting back to the Constitution. And, um, you know, it's like I just don't see them doing it. They're more or less, uh, vote for me, I'm Cruz. No, vote for me, I'm Trump. No, vote for me, I'm Rubio. Um, of the bunch that's left, probably go Cruz is the better one, but I don't even like him that much. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got a lot of issues. I mean, his Canadian-born citizenship's one thing. Um, people are going to keep bringing that up. And his fact is that he's just too much of a war hawk, man. I'm going to carpet bomb him, and, you know, his attitude there is a little bad. But he is pretty good constitutionally. And, you know, that's what we need, somebody's constitutionally. And technically, um, our first Canadian-born president was uh, Chester Arthur. So there's presidents for the president. You know, that there was a Canadian-born to – he was born in Canada to American citizens, American mom, um, Chester Arthur, who actually took over for Garfield after Garfield was shot and killed. But, um, huh. yeah, it's, yeah, it's, so, I mean, there's precedents for it. I, but I just, like I said, I'm not real thrilled with any of them. I mean, I look at it more, let's take back our local communities, let's take back our states, let's build up a wall to protect us, and let's work with our communities. And, uh, you know, because the PCDC is going to be tough to defeat, I call it. PCDC, PC for political control, which political correctness is, and DC for the district of corruption. So that's what we're really up, up against. That's the main enemy. I fear them 10 times more than I feel, fear ISIS. But PCDC is going to say ISIS, 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 because they want political control for the district of corruption. I'll leave you with that. Oh, and I was uh, looking at uh, Kim. She had in the chat, and yeah, unfortunately, Kim, uh, you did miss the. Uh, <laughs> she's like, did I miss the call in? I said, yes, uh, yes. Unfortunately, uh, yes, Kim, you did. But of course, hopefully, she'll be able to uh, listen to the podcast. I'd like to uh, heard from her tonight, but uh, perhaps next time. I, I try my best to try to. <laughs> People, you know, time to, to to call in for that. But I apologize for that, Kim. Uh, so hopefully uh, next week we'll be able to uh, get you onto the show. Uh, and so anyway, so you know, to, to the general election. I mean, as we said earlier tonight, uh, perhaps uh, Hillary Clinton would get in, perhaps not. I mean, I'd rather run against uh, Bernie Sanders because I don't think he's got a chance in hell. To, uh, to get to nominate, I mean, to win in the general election, I just don't. Um, 
in you know, but you know, in Hillary Clinton, I mean, gosh, I mean, I, I can't believe she hasn't even been arrested. Well, I guess I can, but in a way, I can't believe she hasn't been arrested because she she ought to be. Uh, but on the Republican side, is that you know they just keep tearing themselves apart, and we'll go down the line on this, uh, you know, tearing each other apart. When it comes to the general election, I mean, they're just gonna. I mean, you you seen the debate, Ed, right? I mean, you know, let, let's go yeah. back to that. I mean. We're, I mean, how bad? I mean, I've heard it was really bad. How bad really was it? I mean, I did watch well, a little bit of it, but they didn't punch each other or anything. But um, they were calling each other liars, you know. They and you're still calling each other liars, even like on that, you know, the show you were playing, the Michael Savage, yeah, was calling Cruz a liar. You know, that's you know they're pointing fingers and and the the worst thing was probably um, Trump coming out on Bush. And then Bush saying, "My dad's the greatest man there ever was, in my opinion. You're you're an idiot." You know, so like because they were just like he was getting pissed off because Trump just kept getting on his brother and his, about the uh, well, yeah, you know, the war. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, I mean that's... I think that the reason Cruz, I mean, the last poll I seen, at least one of the polls, I've seen Cruz actually up over Trump by two percent. Uh, you know, in South Carolina. And now, of course, uh, as folks uh, here remember, uh, Newt Gingrich is the one I was so excited that day. I tell you what, I was big up dancing around the house. Uh, the Newt Gingrich uh, won South Carolina, and I thought that was the bellwether, as it really has in the past, on who's going to win the, the nomination. But, of course, we with the chicanery and everything that happened to the GOP that year, uh, in which made me leave the Republican Party, you know, made that not happen. Uh, but anyway, I think a lot, a lot in part and parcel had to be where, I mean, you, I mean, Republicans, even conservative Republicans, still like, you know, George W. Bush. They still like him, and they, and they certainly like, you know, or they agree with how he handled, for the most part, maybe not the Iraq War, but the aftermath of 9/11. And for Trump to, uh, you know, kind of like, oh well, 9/11 happened during, you know. George Bush's reign, I really think that turned, uh, at least in South Carolina, uh, some Republicans uh, against him. I think that might be why, you know, Cruz has come up uh, because of that, because uh, people are still fond of Bush uh, for that. What do you think, uh, Cindy? Well, um, yeah, well, first of all, I don't, the comment he made, well, you know, 9 11 happened on George's watch. I don't think that you know they're they're claiming that he's a truther now, right? That that does not make him a truther because he made that statement. But but basically it it was uh it showed a lack of forethought because um actually the 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 fault of what happened on 9/11 lies with Bill Clinton for gutting our military. Right. Well and giving giving uh, giving in yeah and giving in to all of the um the, the demands of the muslims uh clinton had a chance to kill obama uh, osama excuse me osama bin laden and um uh he didn't do it and you know it was his his decisions his bad decisions and his bad foreign policies that got us to a weakened state to where um they felt like they had the um they had the nerve to do nine eleven. 
So um, Trump is definitely wrong about that, and I bet you if he – I bet you the minute it came out of his mouth, he thought to himself, well, maybe I shouldn't have said that because um, this is one time when you're just running off the tip of his tongue, you know, because he just says whatever. He wears everything on his sleeve, and, and, and whatever comes to his head, he just says it. He needs to start thinking twice about what he's saying and not get in the moment and not let them egg him on. Now, I, I sound like I'm defending uh, Trump for some reason, but I'm really not because, you know, he's not my number one choice, but I, I do I do want to say that the, the the charges, you know, that Cruz is leveling at him, some of them are false. And um, uh, he is being attacked um, with falsehoods. And but, you know, so are some of the other ones, too. But there's a lot of truth running around out there, too. So it's up to us to do our homework to find out what's true and what's not true. And, and Trump's not my number one pick either, uh, you know, truth be told. I mean, but unfortunately the person I like at this point, um, which is Ben Carson, uh, and, you know, if I had to, you know, to pick and if I knew that the person I voted for would be the winner of uh, the, nomin- <laughs> the nominee, I would, for me it would be Ben Carson. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I just don't see him able to go – and not for any fault of his own or saying that he, he's not qualified to do, you know, to be the nominee or to be the president. I just don't think the media is going to give him uh, the the necessary coverage, much like what happened, if you recall. I mean, after South Carolina, you know, the uh, – you remember this, Cindy. After South Carolina, you know, when in South Carolina, the media stopped covering uh, Gingrich. I mean, they just, boom, they're like, oh, crap, we got to put a stop to this. And the conservative media, the, the so-called conservative media, they just stopped covering them. They just, just stopped. They just stopped. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it was it was obvious what they were they, they were trying to they were trying to destroy his campaign. And I think, and, and, and if you think about it, Bush, well, I mean, but um, Gingrich was one of the people who uh, kind of drafted uh, Ben Carson to run. Uh, matter of fact, and so you know they're doing the. They're, I think the, the media, unfortunately, is doing the same thing. Uh, same thing to him And so here's how we'll go down the line uh, For that is We'll go ahead and go back to you Susan And then we'll bring uh, Gene and John back into, uh, into the show and then Kelly when you're ready to chime in because I know you're working on some things Behind the scene uh, go ahead and just say You know give me a text or, or just Yell out or something uh, but let's go ahead And bring it over to you Susan Um. Well um, It's a mess that's for sure. But I, I don't agree with Cindy. No, not on that. I believe that uh, Trump was right. I have always believed that Bush was, you know, he, he, oh, please. I mean, we all know that that tower, you know, the conspiracy theories are pretty much true on it. Um, there was bombs in their set. They knew the planes were coming. They didn't do anything. Bush was friends with the guys over there with a, the, family, um, that there's been a connection between all of them. And what business did we have over there in the first place was Bush Sr. I didn't like Edith Bush. I don't like Edith Bush. I never will like Edith Bush, and I didn't vote for Edith Bush. I didn't like Clinton. I don't like Clinton, and I didn't support Clinton. So let's just face it, Kennedy was the last good president. But, um, you know, we're stuck with the people that we have. 
and unfortunately people fell for that instead of voting for Ross Pro and others that they should have because we can't go to a party. It's just too scary. Oh, please. If everyone had ever said that, would just vote third party, we would not have an RRD in office. And that's what disgusts me. They're all doing the same thing and marching to the beat of the new world order. They've all been exposed in articles of the John Birch Society. And I'm sorry, I believe Bush knew it was coming just like Roosevelt knew that Pearl Harbor was going to happen. He was warned. So I'm not going to excuse any of them. Not one of them. That's my rant. So, Jane, what's your take on that? And then, uh, John, then we'll bring uh, you in, Ed. Uh, go ahead, Jane. Uh, that, that was a, a pretty good rant. I don't have too much uh, more to say. That I, you know, I've already mentioned that I did put some comments to the senators in my home state, and I just hope that we can wait somebody out because I feel things are going the wrong way in this country. So that's my comments for right now. Okay, and John, what do you, what, what yeah. do you think about what uh, Trump said? Uh, well, it's kind of um, bittersweet in the sense that the media doesn't allow them a opportunity to fully vet each issue, and so it just stirs up a lot more dissension. In my humble opinion, back in you know, 2000 before the election as it was coming up, I was telling people, hey, I'm going to vote for George Bush and you're going to have to live with it because of the way this electoral college system works. He's got too many people because his daddy's, you know, in with all the right people. He's going to win this even though Gore should actually win by popular vote. But the problem was after that, whenever 9-11 hit and they started doing this nonsense with Hans Blix, you know, in the U.N. investigation team going into Iraq to find the um, weapons of mass destruction. Am I still on? You're here. Oh, okay. I heard a click and everything went silent and sounded like we went dead again. But when Hans Well, we don't want to do. We don't want that to happen again. That's awful when that happened. Go ahead. Well, hey, your voice sounds great and it just fills my heart. But anyway. Um, Hans Blix and the investigation group for the uh, United Nations, when they were going in trying to find all the weapons of mass destruction for, you know, Iraq and stuff, and they couldn't finish their investigation because uh, President Bush and all of them were saying, hey, you better get out of there because we're coming in whether you like it or not. That kind of hacked me off. And then the next thing you know, they're putting in the Patriot Act. So by 2004, I was so disgusted and mad as a whatever, I couldn't even vote. I couldn't even go to the polls that time. And ever since then, it's like we're just one crony crook system to the next crony crook system. And in reference to the debate this last Saturday, it just sounds like to me they're all saying, hey, let me hit dictator in charge. None of them, uh, like maybe Ben Carson is the closest one to being constitutional. But everybody, I don't see a single person that stands up saying, hey, we are going to listen to the people and we're only going to pass laws and do things where we have the, you know, true majority of 67% of the people, you know, because everything in the Constitution is predicated on a two-thirds vote. And then the first Article 1, Section 9, and Article 1, Section 10 says there 
United States or even the states shall not grant any title of nobility. And that's Article 1, Section 9 and 10. And that's just talking about favoritism. And when they're continuing to pass all these laws and force all this stuff down our throat without our consent, they're saying that they're more noble than us and that they have that title and able to manipulate us. So this um, Republican debate just sounds like, hey, make me fascist dictator in charge is all it really sounded like. None of them really want it. Like I said, Ben Carson does sound like he's more for the people because he wants to make a more perfect union. He brings that up. But in, uh, in reference to that, too, can I say something? Now, I don't know you how can, many. You of, I don't know how many of you guys are into you know your spiritual walk with God and reading the Bible and stuff. And I don't push my. Um, I miss everybody here, but uh, one of us. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, John. Well, I don't push my beliefs on other people. I believe, like Ben Carson says, live and let live. And you figure out for yourself who you want to worship and praise. But I think it's kind of ironic that in the biblical stories, King David, before he was King David, was a shepherd boy. And when the um, prophets were looking for the next king, they kept looking at these different people. And Jesse, King David's dad, had, you know, what, seven different sons, and all of them were older than him. And the prophet goes to him and says, hey, we're looking for the next king or whatnot. I'm paraphrasing because, you know, I'm trying to cut it short and trying to make it short and sweet. But anyway, nobody ever, everybody's saying, no, that that young guy, David, he's out in the field. He's not equipped, you know. He's not fit to be king and stuff, but he was. And then whenever, you know, they were picking a leader over Judah, and Moses was like, no, you can't pick me. I can't even talk right and stuff. And God gave him a, um, uh, Aaron in order to prove that, hey, I'm going to use the people that look weak, but the people that have a heart for me that have ethics, values, virtues, and morals, and they will actually look out for their brother and even their enemies. And then he made them the king or the person in in positions of rule and and then you know when moses hey goes right up to pharaoh hey let my people go but anyway i just thought i think it's ironic that we always want to talk to uh get all this feedback about these candidates on what they'll do here and what they'll do there and we just overlook the ethics and virtue and character things that should be the very first thing you look at because you can't trust them if you can't trust them for everything they say then you're basing everything on flimsiness. Just you can't. There's nothing to stand on. That's the reason Robert and I are both Carson supporters. I, I feel like I, he's the only one that I really trust. That, well, that really. You know, yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's definitely my first pick. You know, yeah, Carson would be yeah, Carson would be my first pick, and I, you know, I must say Trump would probably be my second pick. Uh, for one, I mean, I'm just. You know, for the same reasons you just pointed out, John, and pick, uh, you know, I would pick Ben Carson, uh, but Trump. I mean, I just, I'm just so damn tired of these, you know, of these politicians, you know, these career politicians, and, and has, and actually, I watched a little bit tonight um, of the CNN's uh, town hall, and actually, part two's tomorrow, and so actually, I'll be working late, so I, I can't watch tomorrow, but I am taping it. And hopefully I'll get an opportunity to watch it. Uh, but and luckily I was able to watch Ben Carson, and, and he said this on numerous occasions: is that look, the way it was set up, 
is, you know, our politicians were supposed to be from citizen statesmen. You know, they'd come in, do their thing for a while, and then they would, you know, they would leave. You know, I mean, that's not how we have now. Now, I was actually thinking tonight also, while they're, you know, they haven't been in office long, and I'm talking about our, you know, Senator uh, Cruz and Senator, I'm sorry, you know, it's the Cruz and, uh, and Rubio, but then, you know, they're pretty much like Obama. I mean, they don't have as much, they have pretty much just as much political experience as Obama did, uh, and, and which I find ironic is everybody was complaining about how how much uh, or how little, I should say, experience Obama had. I mean, if you look at Rubio and Cruz, they pretty much got the same amount, I would think. Um, you know, they may have, you know, slightly more, but not much more. And so, um, you know, you, you have those two, and then you have uh, Trump, and it's just like, yeah, well, I don't know how much statesman Trump is, per se, uh, but definitely he's not a career politician. And so, for me, that's, you know, that, that for me is someone who would be, um, you know, would be my second pick. And, but what, but with the thing we were saying earlier, John, about character and things of that nature, I mean, I really think, and I don't know, I don't know if I could say Clinton was the first one where we could say, you know, well, we're looking for a president, not a pastor, you know, because of what his, uh, you know, with his history. But I, I can't say, I mean, at least modern times or at least our time, you know, frankly, I think that might, may have been where it started, where we weren't as concerned about the morality of the candidate. We just were more concerned about, well, what can this candidate do for the country? Not necessarily, you know, what type of person they are personally, uh, you know, for None good or that, ill, that, you know, go, go ahead, John. I was just going to say, you're right on, but none of any of this other stuff matters if the foundation is not based on trust, that you know you can trust these people to follow through with what they say. Otherwise, we get the same routine we've got for the last hundred years. They tell us what we want to hear, we elect them into office, and they do what they want to do and just run roughshod over us and, you know, pee and or urinate and defecate all over the Constitution and our Declaration. Can I put my hand up? Yeah. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, now, I may you, have said I may have said Ted Carson, but I meant Ben yeah, Carson. Ted, <laughs> okay. Okay, Ted Ted Carson, Ben Cruz, all these politicians. It's getting very confusing. At least okay, a little comedy routine to lighten things up. Okay. So all these politicians, you know, they're very affluent, they're very well spoken of and they debate well, so well I call them master debaters. It, it, Except Trump, you know, he's not a politician yet. Uh, but although he did get a strong, uh, good second in Iowa and he won New Hampshire, uh, it's still too early to have a premature Trump elation. Okay, enough of that. All right. Well, no, go ahead. It is Bart's Logic After Dark. Here's the thing we're all trying to not laugh because we think, oh my gosh, if we laugh. It's going to be inappropriate, but, folks, it is Bard's Logic After Dark, so we are uh, able to find the humor uh, in that comment, uh, of those comments. Go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> well, what, one thing I do is when I get really, really stressed, I start getting really goofy funny because maybe that's the only way I can handle what's happening to our country is laugh about it. And why? Crazy. But, you know. but anyway, um, hey, I just want to give people thoughts about uh, – Give people's thoughts about uh, Friday Special Edition. 
Yeah, I was a, you know, I'll go first, and then you know the folks who did call in and uh, was a part of that. Uh, yeah, definitely, you know, hear more about that. And uh, but myself, I mean, I think we, I wish we would have had at least another two hours <laughs> to, to talk uh, on the show. We definitely probably could have filled up another two hours, if not another whole show, uh, which we will be doing subsequent shows, uh, perhaps again on some Friday nights. I mean, I always like to do more than, than just one show a week if, if time allows, because uh, unfortunately uh, this isn't my day job right now. But, um, you know, perhaps one day in the future will be, but but right now it's not. So uh, <laughs> at least you have time to do the uh, the one. But uh, occasionally I like to do, uh, you know, other shows, and uh, I would like to have more more shows uh, with, with that topic. But I believe, okay. uh, Susan, you were there that night, correct? Yes, I was. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get your take, and I think Susan was on, and Ed, Ed I believe uh, you were uh, there as well. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you should do some more some more Friday shows like that. You definitely should. I guess we have enough Cindy, were you with <laughs> Well, Susan, what did yeah, you Yeah, Cindy, were you with uh, us the other night? Yeah, we had some great guests on, uh, you know, on as well. Definitely would like to have uh, some of them back um you know, some of the guests we had on. We had, like, what, three guests on that night? Yeah, I was on. I was on. Don't you remember how you ignored me? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I know that feeling. Well, that's because I didn't, I that because I didn't have your name up there, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not, it's not going to ruin my life. Don't you know I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a great show, and uh, it would be great to um, – you know, do that again, that you, you know, do that subject again, because there is a lot to say. You know, there's a lot to say about a lot going on. I I look back at the simplicity of politics back in the 1800s, you know, when we were first being, uh, you were practicing being a nation, and, um, uh, you know, the people were, were all involved, and yet, There wasn't, I I don't see how, you know, it's the media. It's because we have such pervasive media and, and every word gets, gets, you know, gets a soundbite and every word gets a, um, an article and every word that, you know, that you hear a politician say gets recorded somewhere. And, and the, the, the amount of information that's flying around nowadays is incredible compared to, you know, a century or two ago. So, you know, what we have, we're being inundated um, and overstimulated with information, and they're using that to their advantage to keep us occupied while they can do things behind our backs while we're thinking about this issue, they're messing around over here, and then when we get on that issue, they're messing around over here, and, you know, they're covering up all that they do by bringing up another scandal or another issue. And um, the complication, the, the complicated political scene these days the, and the, the complicated background, you know, the, the behind-the-scenes things going on um, is incredible. Um, so it, it, makes it, it makes it tough to try to follow everything. They do that on purpose. And um, it takes it, it, it. It's like right now. I, I would love to be 
doing some research on some of these topic, topics, but I can only afford the time to do, you know, I'm, I homeschool four kids. How how much time do I have to research, you know? Not much. So, um, I, you know, we, can, we can't get as smart as we want to get because they're keeping us so darn busy. And, um, well, well, mm-hmm. so, I've, uh, I, what I've done is I've been at this since like 2009 and researched more of this common law, you know, common law grand jury stuff for quite mm-hmm. some time to kind of know where to look and, you know, understanding their perspective. And by the way, I've come across three movements now that <clears throat> quoted the Magna Carta, but when you compare it to the actual Magna Carta, they have misquoted, they've added words. Um, one word was added that completely flipped the meaning around with one organization. And it's like, what in the world are these people thinking? Wow. Well, that's read, why they don't want to teach if, in terms of writing, because then you can't read those documents. <laughs> well, well, no, I, the California legislature puts out from the Senate, the U.S. Constitution and state constitution plus the Magna Flower, uh, Magna Flower, the Magna Carta, the Mayflower Compact, <laughs> Declaration of Rights, all sorts of things. And a nice, I've had mine since 2001. And they've got that from somewhere else. Because what I saw on one website was a complete perversion. And either A, he got that from somewhere else and put it on his website. B, um, he made it up and perverted it. Um, See my my Magna Carta copy is wrong, or D both of our copies of the Magna Carta are wrong. So I I just have to. It's been years. That's what I'm saying. It's it's been years looking into this, uh, focusing on really one thing. Um, you know, so many people focus on one thing. And that's a good thing. Like we had Debbie Bacigalupi. She talked about Agenda 21. That's been her focus. You know, David here in Florida. He had you know the well-regulated militia. We've got Jim Condit doing uh, the precinct strategy and lots of vote. So there's over over a long period of time, years, when you focus on things, then, then it, it sounds easy. Um, a little here, a little there, and you get a lot more in-depth with actual sources and other things. But anyway, I'm curious about Susan's thoughts on, on, the, on the topic Friday night. Oh, I enjoyed it. It was you know, um, I think we covered a lot of ground, you know, and so it would be nice to do it again sometime. I don't know if it was every Friday night that I could be part of it, but um, I would certainly like to see it, you know, more often. I don't know how much time Robert has to do it all the time either, you know, once a month. I don't know what they allow, what their schedule, you know, that they allow, something like that. So I guess he'd have to check all that out and see. Um, he just, you know, he knows he's welcome to post in my group that he's doing when what he's doing on Wednesday and Friday. So, by the way, I need to ask you, Robert, did you get my article through the email? Uh, I'll have to check my emails. I was having some connection problems earlier when I was trying to get into my emails. And for some reason, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't open them up, so I have to uh, I have to double check on that. Okay. Yeah. But, but one thing. Go ahead, hey, hey Robert. <clears throat> yeah. I, yes. 
go ahead and give uh, Susan my phone number because I'd like to talk a little bit more off air um, someday. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could give her. Yeah, I could give her a text on that. And, and one of the things they'll bring up because, gosh, my, you know, it's not even a half hour left of the show. Probably about twenty minutes before I have to uh, close out, and we've got, you know. Including myself, uh, seven uh, seven people on the line. Uh, so you know, we'll definitely have to, I guess, you know, get our, our, our closing comments and <laughs> to give people a, a couple minutes besides rushing people off on three. Uh, let's see, cause we've got John, Gene, Ed, you, Kelly, Susan, <laughs> myself, Cindy. Uh, so get, each person's got about three minutes to do some closing thoughts. Um, but one of the things uh, to leave you with, uh, leave folks with. Is uh, of course it's coming up uh, Wednesday next week. Uh, we will be uh, you know covering from the North Carolina results, and we'll be you know talking and analyzing that uh, next Wednesday. Uh, I don't see any uh, upcoming show coming this Friday, but that doesn't mean we can't uh, you know have those uh, in the future definitely. Uh, so that's what we'll be covering next week. Uh, we'll also be giving some updates on a uh, special edition that. Susan and I are going to be working on to cover the Constitution Party's uh, debate, uh, whereas I'll have some questions there. Uh, I won't be reading them, I don't believe, but uh, they will be. I do hear some background noise somewhere, so if we can uh, cut that, appreciate it. Uh, but we'll we'll have uh, more updates, uh, hopefully more information for you by next Wednesday, because actually it's the Saturday after that, I believe, is a debate, so we'll really have to get things in gear for that. So, as I said, each person's going to have about uh, three minutes, uh, perhaps not even that, uh, maybe two and a half uh, for some closing comments, and then uh, we'll have to, unfortunately, close out the show. But uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for coming in your contributions tonight. And here's how we do it. Uh, as we'll kind of go down the line here is what we'll do is we'll uh, have Cindy first, and then we'll have uh, you, Kelly, and then Susan. And then we'll have Ed, Gene, and John. And then, unfortunately, uh, as I said, by that time, it'll be time for me to close things out. So just about two and a half minutes each person uh, for their closing comments. Uh, let's start with you, Cindy. Go ahead. Um, did you – Did you? were you calling me, you said? Yeah, did for closing on? comments. No, I, you're I here. I was messing with my phone, and I thought maybe I hung up. I didn't hear anybody. Don't do that. Every time you do that, you hang yourself up. <laughs> I do that all the It's this phone. You can't touch it anywhere, or, or I hang up. Um, um, the Scalia thing, I guess let me just wrap that up here. I, like I said when I started, I, I don't think anything is going to come of it. I really don't. I think they've covered everything. They've covered. They're going to get a lot of criticism. Uh, for, you know, burying him too soon, embalming him too soon, uh, allowing a justice of the peace to declare him dead over the phone, um, a a uh, non-homicide investigator uh, saying there's no no signs of foul play. Uh, I mean, you just go down the list at all the different variables and all the different um, facts in this case. And... um, even if you don't go as far as saying he's been murdered, you have to at least say what the heck is going on. Why was his bodyguard? Why why was his protection taken away? Why why is his family absolutely being silenced? That you don't hear a word from them. 
why mm-hmm. why was he proclaimed dead um by somebody who really shouldn't have been doing saying something over the phone when he can't even see the body okay why you know why 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 it goes right on down the list there's got to be somebody that wants to answer that question and i'm and, and now trump hasn't been able to adjust it, address it yet because he obviously hasn't done any research on it and I, and i i um i respect him for not trying to reach out and grasp for things um like i do <laughs> but um somebody that's a candidate for the republican party had better uh speak up about this issue or i'll be real disappointed because it's uh it's becoming very obvious that something is wrong here whether it's murder or not i don't know but something is wrong that's my two certainly and uh thank you very much Cindy. and we'll uh you know of course talk in the course of a week uh, of the week and we'll uh have you uh, back next on and hopefully we'll have some one of the candidates uh who will talk more about that and we'll have something more to report uh go ahead kelly hey, robert robert wait a minute one more thing do you remember back when we did our shows on the com- the com- people who lived in communist nations? Um, yes. I-, I would love to-, to dig out some of those things in there because I think people need a uh, somewhere along the line we need we need to start putting some of those uh, interviews in there because we need to keep reminding people of what it's like to be in a communist nation, uh, and we got to get the word spread beca- uh, better than what we have because until we wake people up. It's it's going to keep getting worse. Yeah, I know Kelly was telling me about uh, some kind of software where I can uh, kind of break up the shows and kind of get and make some audio clips uh, from the past shows. Uh, that, that's some technical things I'll have to look at. And speaking of Kelly, let's go ahead and bring it over to you. Well, I don't want to talk about politicians and the game shows that we're seeing, like the crucifixion of Donald Trump to try to keep him down. I mean, one of these days either move to another country or graduate to the next life. And then as I'm leaving, I'll say about American politics, ain't my monkeys, ain't my circus. Um, (laughs) But uh, anyway, Scalia, um, gosh, what a great man. I wish we had all nine justices um, on the Supreme Court like Scalia. Our country would be so much better, so much different. Mm -hmm. And I I would propose, well, there's one more little thing that just popped into my head. There's another position, and someone mentioned to me, and I haven't confirmed it, um, the, the coroner can arrest the sheriff. Now, you know, all laws have logic behind them. Some laws are flawed logic, but there's always a logic behind it. And so we, I always look for logic behind the law. So in, in the, why would the coroner have the authority to arrest the sheriff? Because the sheriff's trying to cover up a murder. So where's the coroner in Texas? Unless he's a Democrat on it, but we're or did they combine the offices like they do in California, sheriff slash coroner? Um, that's an interesting another check and balance for another day. I would like I would propose uh, an, an, a show, Robert, where some of us uh, study case law that um, Justice Scalia wrote and other opinions. Um, for example, Prince versus U.S. That's where Sheriff Mack and Sheriff Prince went before the Supreme Court. Scalia wrote it, and he wrote, well, in, this, in this country, we have dual sovereignty. 
states versus federal to keep each other in check. But some of his writings are just absolutely brilliant and stunning. Um, other decisions, too, um, some of them he wrote, some of them somebody else wrote, but the com- his comments are just, you know, just, just to honor Scalia. I would like to propose a show where we discuss some of his writings. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, and that, that perhaps could be a good uh, Friday night edition, perhaps uh, not the, you know, this Friday, it's too close, but the the Friday after uh, next Wednesday, I think, uh, let, let's talk more on that. So let's go ahead and, and, and bring in Susan. Go ahead, Susan, it's your turn. Um, yes, um, I was thinking about, you know, what were you talking about, how they could spy on you through various means. And when I wrote an article, a blog article, on uh, Senator Crapo, you know, because he got arrested for drinking way back four years ago, and um, he confessed to things that he didn't have to. He said he'd been drinking alone in his room. And um, I thought, bravo, because you didn't have to. Did we lose Susan? Oh, there you go. What? Yeah. But in doing Go ahead, so, Stephen, look, um, in confessing that, he saved himself from being blackmailed because they, you know, I was reading how they can find out what you do. They tap into your phone. They have little cameras in your room, for, you know, on senators and different people. And they could have spied easily on the judge's activities in his room when he went to bed. Uh, it would not be that hard to plant things. It really wouldn't. And they probably did do that because you'd want to know when and how and if he was asleep, uh, you know, because they wouldn't know if he sat in bed for four or five hours and read a book or watched TV. So it wouldn't be that hard to spy on him if they do it to blackmail people, which I remember Bo, my friend, her brother was a senator here in Idaho. She, uh, she told me that... Um, when Clinton was not impeached or whatever, when he was not taken out from his presidency for what he did, um, Helen Chenoweth and some of them told her that it wasn't any point because they had things on almost everybody, maybe Ron Paul, a few exceptions. They had something on everybody. And so they, well, we'll expose it all if you don't, if you do this. To him, so they will. You know that's what people don't get over there in Washington D.C. If you don't toe the line, if you sneak and try to see, a, a, say, a woman, and you're married, or you do something else, or you drink, they know they've got their spies out, and so they could easily figure out and spy on the judge while he was in that room. That's it. Well, thank you very much, uh, Susan. And Susan, uh, you made a point uh, where she said, uh, do we have another possible murder here with Scalia to uh, take the scrutiny off the FBI's murder of uh, the gentleman there in Oregon? Uh, the, yeah. the murder of Finnegan. And that's something uh, to consider. And while we're pondering that uh, and putting that out in the uh, airwaves and part of the uh, the the archive uh, for the podcast for people to think about when listening to it. Uh, let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Ed. All right. Um, 
I think our hearts and prayers got to be out with Scully and his family. Um, you know, uh, he was definitely, I wish everybody in this country could know the Constitution like he knows it. We'd be all better off, you know. Um, and then getting back to the points of uh, the election, I think America's moving in a direction away from both parties because they see the corruption in both parties. Um, the numbers of Republicans are dropping, the numbers of Democrats are both dropping, and independents are on a rise. You know, we're starting to realize that these guys are just gangs or they're robbing us and stealing um, off us and, yeah. and and building bigger and bigger positions to point out, you know, to give their friends and cronies. Um, so with that, um, I, I, I mentioned Oregon. They just, uh, they're bringing back the Alien Sedition Act. Uh, they just arrested a talk show host up there. Uh, Cedar yesterday or day before yesterday for uh, he was just really hitting the airways hard and he was hitting him and making the Fed said uh, it was conspiracy um, and he was just speaking his truth and you know they don't want that they don't want to help too much hardcore truth it challenges them so they arrested him and he's in jail right now so a person wow. to be out with him, and yeah, if you can read more about it, just go into the Oregon shooting and uh, chrisannhall.com. That's a great site to go. Actually, her Chris Ann Hall and uh, Graham both went up there, um, Franklin Graham, and they both worked for getting the hostages released. But if you go to chrisannhall.com, you can get some information on that. And yeah, I feel bad for that young man. Reminds me of Adams and Alien Sedition Act. That's what uh, caused Alien Sedition Act. What got, caused Jefferson and um, Madison to write the Kentucky Virginia resolutions? We got to get back to those resolutions and uh, start nullifying the bad stuff that this. I mean, this ever-growing black helicopter government's you know putting at us. So. Keep those people in prayers, and uh, good talking to you all again. You guys are freedom fighters out there. I appreciate you all being out there. I'll talk to you guys again soon. I'm going to sign off. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you very very much, Ed. It's uh, always uh, good to hear from you, and uh, we appreciate uh, you coming in and your contributions to the show. And so let's go ahead and bring it over to Eugene. Uh, Go ahead. Not Eugene, uh, but yes, Gene. Uh, <laughs> yes. My type yes, of humor. Go ahead, Gene. And then uh, I'm disturbed about that judge's death because if it did happen to be health-related or, you know, whatever, then why not have the investigation and have not all the mystery to it? So that's disturbing to me, even if there's no murder or anything, that, that they're not doing the, the investigation the right way, determine the actual you know, or where you would know that it was natural causes. I mean, if that's what happened to him, be 79, or was it just convenient to get a hold of him so Obama and them to put in a, a liberal judge, which I have a bad feeling is going to happen. And, uh, of course, I'm disturbed about the organ death, too, that uh, that uh, I think there's a needless death, that I don't think Finnegan was a death to anyone, even if he... You know, even going around the roadblock, they seen that as him putting up resistance to him or whatever happened in there. I just don't think that he should have been shot down. 
that's all I have to say. Well, well I appreciate it, Gene, and uh, definitely uh, welcome back uh, to come to our subsequent shows. Uh, we appreciate uh, your input, and uh, let's go ahead and bring it over to you, John. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate you putting on this forum, and I hope everybody continues to do as our founders did, have many long conversations and figure out the solutions to help us move to a United States of America again. And I appreciate you, Robert. Thank you. And ditto on everybody. Quick, quick comment, if I may. Sure, go ahead. Let us, um, let us have a parliament. A parliament Parliament means uh, to discuss or discussion. And actually, the British got that from the French. Hey, hey, Robert, I got some homework for everybody. Yeah, what's up? Um, wait, 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 real I, quick, I like, we actually do, we have a little bit, we okay. have a little bit of time real quick. Kelly, were you done with your point? Or? Go ahead, Kelly. Uh, Kelly? Uh, yeah, I, I just love history and words and how, where, they were, where the words came from. And so it's it's quite amusing that the whole British Parliament is from a word that's from the French. Can't they make up their own language or make up their own mind? It, it's actually the whole study of history and how our law, our legislature, is it, fascinating. By the way, uh, Scalia referenced uh, the Howell State Trials, which goes back to 1719, researching the British law to 11, I think 1168. He did his homework, and when you study these ancient documents and how liberty emerged for so many centuries, it, it washes your mind uh, into liberty. It's absolutely stunning, and that's one of the reasons why I'm such a fan of Scalia. Um, so anyway, I, I just I find it all fascinating. I mean, what else to do in a small town on a Friday night? There you go. And so, uh, go ahead, Cindy. What's our homework? Everybody needs to go and find a liberal blog talk show somewhere or find a liberal Facebook page or something like that and just go start scoping out what the liberals are saying about these issues. It's. I think it's really. I, I've done that. I, I'm not going to say anything now, but I've been. I've. I've done a little bit of that, and um, it's. And it's. It's. It's interesting, but it's incredibly scary to see how people are, mm-hmm. are thinking these about these issues. So I, I. I. And I would like for everyone to come back to the next show, whether it be Friday or whether it be Wednesday, and and tell me what you think about some of the comments that you have heard on these liberal shows and, and pages. I would love to hear yeah, everybody that's else. That's definitely a good idea. And, and another little bit of homework for folks, and this won't take long, is to go to the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Uh, check out all the different pages, but uh, also to be able to share the link of tonight's show uh, for others can listen to the podcast is to uh, – two things. One, you can go to the Twitter button where you can tweet out the link for the show. I have it all right there, so it should be already prepared for you, as well as the email uh, that I send out to folks on the Bard's Logic email list. 
uh, I have that on the contacts page, or you can pretty much just copy and paste that uh, to the uh, body portion of your email and uh, send it out to the folks in your email list. And that's one way to get the podcast out to folks. And of course you do that. I'd really appreciate it. And that also helps us uh, to get these episodes out and get the information that we're talking about uh, to the, to the grassroots. So I really appreciate uh, if you do that as well. And also, of course, you know, if you have your own uh, pages uh, on uh, Facebook, uh, social media, uh, you do that as well. Uh, and I'd really appreciate it. So that's another part of uh, the homework. And so, yeah, so next week, as I said, we will be covering uh, the North Carolina results and what's going to be uh, coming on down the pike uh, for the election. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the Constitution Party debate uh, there because I'd like to have more conversations on ending the duopoly. Uh, I'm sure that's a, a topic that's fascinating uh, to all of us here. So we're going to be uh, discussing that as well, as well as if we have any updates on Scalia. And I know we've been talking about a lot of uh, homework tonight, but uh, one thing about uh, what we do here in the grassroots is we need to not just listen, but we need to be active as well. And one of the things we could do action-wise is to, uh, and this again, you could also do this from the Bard's Logic Flow Talk website on the uh, what I call the TV Max page there. Uh, is there's a button there that will give you the link to the contact information for your senator. So go to the page, uh, find out uh, the contact number. It's their, I believe it's their Washington number, as well as the senator's email. Get that information out to, uh, for yourself. Get that information out uh, to your friends so that they can you know, get a hold of their senator to stop the uh, – just put a block on the nominees from Obama because uh, we all know, you know, how much of a detriment it will be to America to have that. I mean, if you want to talk about fundamentally changing America for the next, you know, decades to allow Obama to uh, tilt the courts over to the liberals' favor. And he's not just going to be tilting the courts over to the liberals' favor. He's going to be tilting the United States over – towards the new world order and also uh, globalism, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's where we would be heading. And so if you want to help stop uh, his legacy, I would suggest to get in contact with them and tell them what you think and let them know if you, you know, as we've seen the Republicans before and people keep saying it, but they don't do it is look, you do this. We vote you out. We really need to, be vocal and we really need to take action and that really needs to happen uh so we really need to do that um that's the only way that these politicians are going to learn uh and not become the duopoly not the duopoly the oligarchy that we've talked so much about on the show and so what of course uh again uh, check uh all that stuff out on the bards logic cloak talk website and uh there's uh some also some good uh, organizations uh charities you can look at it if that's something you'd like to, to do as well. There's also a list, which I do need to update a little bit, of all the guests that's been on the show. So, of course, I want to thank everyone. Look forward to having you back on next Wednesday, and perhaps we'll do some other Friday shows as well. And we'll end tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So take care, folks. We will see you next time and good night. Bye.
Bye. Bye.